Hey, everybody. Welcome to Tone Talk with Mark Uzanski and Dave Friedman. How's everybody doing? It's a special edition of Tone Talk on a Wednesday evening. It's Wednesday, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, tonight we've got Seduce. We're part uh, two-thirds of Seduce on uh, the show tonight. So we've got David Black uh, and Mark. And I don't, I don't have your last name, Mark. I meant to get it. So. Uh, Andrews. Andrews. Mark Andrews. All right. So uh, from Seduce, um, guys, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. David. I mean, Dave. Yes. <laughs> Here we go. All right. Yes. All right. So this is where it's going to get confusing, right? All right. So we got two marks in two days. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we're going to call Dave Black David Black. Okay. All right. And Dave Friedman is going to be Dave. All right. And then Mark, uh, just we'll just we'll figure that one out, I guess. Um, <laughs> that's cool. I always call him Marky. Marky. Oh, that's funny. That's what my daughter used to call me. Marky. Uh, my stepdaughter, yeah. Uh, so, guys, how's it going? Good. We're all over the freaking like, place, it, right? It's like the Detroit show, kind of, but I'm the only person in Detroit. What's up with that? Yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> we're all we're all over the country. You got Dave in California. Mark, you're in Nashville. Yep. That's why. Oh, it actually says Nashville when you talk. It has a uh, Dave Friedman's from Detroit too, in case anybody doesn't know, like secret past history or something. But he had to move from here out there because it just got ugly. <laughs> yeah. Now I want to do the opposite. <laughs> yeah, right. Because <laughs> it got that. ugly. <laughs> I can breathe again. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Well, fresh air. I want to move back to fresh air, maybe. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Is Detroit fresh air? Compared to LA, it's fresh air. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's okay. Well, I guess yeah, now that most of the manufacturing plants are not there anymore. Yeah. It's but just you just don't want to drink thing, the, like drinking it, you know. Like I was just gonna say, just don't drink the water. <laughs> yeah. No, no, that's Flint. <laughs> yeah. No, it, well, in Detroit well, you can well. drink the water. Okay, you're okay there. Uh, in, in fact, it's quite good. <laughs> All right, that's cool. Like New York water. Don't drink the water here. It's yeah, funny, man. like right out the gate, but like the first, if we're just going to talk about things, like the first person to thank probably for this whole thing is Jimbo Barker. And he's from Detroit because if it wasn't for Jimbo, I wouldn't have met Dave and blah, blah, you know what I mean? So, hey, Jimbo. That's true. Let's thank Jimbo. Jimbo's on tour somewhere at the moment. Is he? Yeah. Those guys are out? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, let's Jimbo's, talk about, oh, Dave, go ahead. Jimbo's a guitar tech for uh, uh, Billy Idol. So, uh, oh. so Billy Moore. He's my old roommate. He moved out there from Detroit and let me stay with him when I first went out there. And then he knew that I had this old Marshall, and Dave knew I had this old Marshall. So he told Jimbo that he wanted to look at it. He came by my place, and that's how we met. No one ever since. Yeah, it's great. It's great. But I own for that, you know. So thank you, Jimbo. Did you ever hear <laughs> the, the serious tricks yeah. in Wesley West story? No. Can you I never told him, I don't think. Huh? I never told him. No, I don't think so. All right, let's hear it. Well, break it out. Siri, uh, back in the day, David, Bobby East, Kenny Olsen, we've all bought a bunch of stuff from Sirius Tricks and from the Motor City Bad Boys. I, how many cabinets did you buy, David? Like four cabinets, only two heads or something? Yeah, there's a pile. Of, there's a whole pile of stuff there. Yeah. Well, anyways, years later, 
Kenny's runs into Leslie West and the story goes, you know, and Leslie West knew that the Cadmus used to be Leslie West's that Sirius Trixon got him from. So Kenny found out that Leslie tells him, he said, those were cabinets that David and everybody had were originally Jimi Hendrix's cabinets and heads. Believe it or not. <laughs> Coming from Leslie West that got them from him. Yeah. Honestly, I worked in a music store once and Leslie West called on the telephone and asked to talk to me. Mm-hmm. So I had a David line one and I pick it up and it's Leslie West. David Black. Ah, yeah, it's great. Yeah. Yeah, calling you on the phone. You're just standing there looking at it, going, "Wow, dude! Like, man, you're one of my heroes, dude." You're kind of looking at the phone, going, "Wait a minute, really?" Oh yeah, (laughs) dude. No, I mean, come on. You know, it's funny because you know, I don't know, dude. That's like old school dinosaur shit now. You know what I mean? But boy, listen to the. You know, I sent you some Leslie West. He was awesome, dude. Dude, yeah, that's. You listen to some of that stuff now, and it still makes your hair stand straight up on end. It's like God. Damn, dude. Unbelievable. Great stuff. Great player. Great tone. Oh, yeah. Great feel. All of it. All of it. I know it's it's, <clears throat> it's it's a lost art. I was reading this thing the other day, and they were talking about the state of music. Kendrick Lamar just won the Pulitzer Prize for a hip-hop record or, or whatever kind of music, whatever you want to call that. You know. And yeah, I saw that. that. Is due, did you see the piece I'm talking about? You know, I, I like, didn't read the article, but I saw that Kendrick Lamar did win the, you know, oh, the yeah. prize. They went through the whole thing. How many bands are really in Billboard? How many bands really win Grammys anymore and stuff? And, and, and the rock band's influence in society, it's, it's not as big of a place as it used to be. And they were pointing out in all these different areas where it isn't. I never realized it until you saw it all of them. Oh, yeah. It's massively you know? down. Yeah. Yeah, well, the like, Grammy Awards didn't even have uh, any of the songs that won Grammys. Didn't even have no lead guitar. Yeah, no, nothing, nothing. Give me no. a second. Oh. Oh. Yeah, we're 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 a dying breed. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, you're lucky if you even hear any guitar in any of that music. Unfortunately, um, but hey, you know, we wanted to talk about this show that is coming up. This uh, concert. Uh, Dave, what are we calling it? A concert? Or is it a? Uh, yeah, oh, it's a, a, it's a, it's a show that that, that Friedman is is sponsoring. Um, mm-hmm. It's 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 Seduce's show. It's these guys' show. Um, we added a few other Friedman artists to the bill um, to flesh it out a little bit. We're going to be um, videotaping the show um, for a variety of reasons for future possible releases. And this is May and 19th at Harpo's, right? May 19th at Harpo's. The notorious Harpo's. It's safer these it's days. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was talking about coming up there. I was trying to hustle him into it earlier. Who? Mark. Oh, oh. Mark, Mark. Yeah, Mark. What? No, Which not Mark? you. You're going to be here, man. The other yeah, Mark. I hope so. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to work it out for me to get up there. Where are you at, Mark? I'm in Florida. Oh, okay. But I'm traveling. all over the globe. Yeah, <laughs> all over. Well, the not country. the globe, but at least the U.S. <clears throat> kind of spaced yeah. out here. Yeah, I have to. Uh, the following week, I have to be in Indianapolis. So I don't know. I'm trying to work it out. So, so about, also about this show, uh, you guys want to talk about this uh, record thing? 
Yeah, talk about them too. Reissue records. The reissue in our first record from before. You know, I mean, the vinyl thing's kind of big, so they thought they'd pull out Rouge Records, Prudential Records. Uh, thank Jason, Jason Jr., Greg. Yeah. So uh, we're doing it in green vinyl and red vinyl, selling the first batch of the show, re-releasing it. I think the release date for all of it is that day, if I'm not mistaken. I have to double-check it for sure, but that's the first time it'll be on sale. So We've, we got a question. Kind of a... we got a question. Are metal stage, are tickets on sale now? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, all right. Our yeah, Metal Stage to, podcast. Check it out. You can go to the Harpo's website, you, or you could probably find a link uh, link to it uh, for the show on the Friedman Amplification website, or not website, um, Facebook, or uh, my own personal Facebook. There's links um, that we have there that have the, har- the ticket link if you guys want tickets. You guys should go. It's going to be a big deal. Well, if for if a lot of haven't seen reasons, this band, you, know, you should. Ah. <laughs> I missed just, I missed you guys when I was in last uh, summer Nashville. Unfortunately, we probably wouldn't even be playing if it wasn't for Dave. Because when I first met him, he's like, "Ah, eh, you guys should do a show." I'm like, mm, "You know, I don't know, dude. You know." And then that's kind of how it all started. You know what I mean? Just because I crossed paths with him and. He wanted to hear the band again, so we did a show and just, I don't know, things have just been kind of building on something that we had left lay for a while, you know? I mean, Chuck's not here, but, you know, Chuck Chuck is a special cat. He's one of the best musicians I know. He does stuff outside of this band that's really, really, really good, Mm. you know? And I play with Vin in a band called Crud. Mark's working down in Nashville with a bunch of them cats down there. Everybody diversified a little bit. We kind of let this lay for a while. But it's still the three original dudes still playing together. Still sounds good. Still sounds tight. So why not do it? You know, I don't know. Especially in a place that we used to play all the time. The band's got a lot of history at Harpo's. When, uh, when metal was really big, late 80s, early 90s, First time Except came over here, they play at Harpo's. Or first time Iron Maiden came over here, they played at Harpo's. Girls' School, like there's a laundry list of all those bands because they weren't mainstream yet. And we got to play with all of them because we was kind of like the biggest bar band around town. So the mm. band's got a lot of history there, you know. A lot of the people that come there, they were like regulars there back in the day. And the club has been closed for a long time. So we'll put together a show and try and get all the people that dig it just to come back out for one more time, film it, record it, and capture for posterity and all that. <laughs> and Any uh, sense? I don't know. Kind of a kind of a big idea, but it'll work. And a bar legend of Detroit in his own right, Roosevelt, who used to run Blondie's, which was another rock club that was notorious in Detroit. He's the one that runs Harpo's now. So he's the one that wanted to reopen Harpo's and bring it back to life. So it's kind of all a thing all the way around. It's funny because what we were talking about earlier about the state of affairs and music these days is directly connected to all of that because this is kind of just flashing back on when it was like that, when there was a lot of clubs around to play, when there was a lot of bands around playing in them, when there was, you know what I mean? This Before is all, the internet. Yeah, pre, I was just going to say pre-internet, that it was a pre-internet way of life, you know? Yeah, so let, let, let's go back. How, how did you guys get started originally and what was it like back then? I mean, I know, but just for people. You want to go first, or you want me to go first? You go first. Uh, I met David. I went to an audition. 
because they were looking for a bass player. Was I was David. a kid. <laughs> was a kid. And he was, I was a kid. As cool as I ever, just sitting there, it was like, didn't even give me the time of day. Basically, he's like, well, this guy ain't going to play with us, man. I just know it. So he didn't whatever like that. So I ended up liking David. I seen some potential in him. And uh, I ended up stealing him from those guys and took him from my mom and pa's house and had him move into Detroit. And we started a band, another band. And uh, later on down the road, and me and David left that band and we had a You Are Here, You Could Be Here thing. And we worked our way through another band, getting the money to get our equipment together. And we put some juice together that way. And we ended up getting the drummer that he had when I first met him as an audition. So uh, go from there, David. I think we lost them both. There's Mark. Yeah. There's Dave. Oh, yeah. Where? Where? Oh, wow, that's weird. You're jumping all over the place on the bottom of my screen. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. Sorry, I looked at everybody's all flipping around. It's like, wow, I'm sorry. No, no, we're, we're still no. here. We were just listening. No, it's funny, man. Yeah, I was, I was like 17, and I hung a piece of paper on a bulletin board at a music store called Rock City on Woodward in Detroit, and it was a big music store where all the cool dudes hung out, and I totally oversold what I had going on the ad, and Mark called, so he comes over to audition, and he's like, we're just, we're just kids, and he walks in, he's got like fitted clothes, vest on, custom-made shoes, a red Travis Bean bass, a black Travis Bean bass, and an SVT. I mean, he's got everything. He was a rock star. I was just like, wow. So he calls me back and says, man, I don't want to play with your band. And I'm like, well, yeah, I kind of knew that, dude. You know, He goes, well, I got something else going. Maybe you want to come over and look. So I had gotten kicked out of high school when I was like 17. And this was like that winter, you know what I mean? So I went over to Mark's house and like connecting with what we're talking about back in the day, Back in the day in Detroit, bands shared houses. All the dudes in the band all lived in the same house. So you had this band's house, that band's house, or whatever. So he asked me to join their band and move into their band house. So I went from the suburbs to the hood in a week. My whole life totally, totally changed, you know? And it was like everybody around me was like in their mid-20s, and I was still like whatever. They'd all been in a bunch of good bands I never had. So Mark was the dude who kind of picked me up and said, do this like this. How about like this or whatever? And I learned how to play and we could go out and there were clubs to play. We could work three, four nights a week and float a house with four, five, six, seven, eight, fifteen people living in it or whatever. <laughs> it kind of went on from there, you know, but that was my college. I didn't go to college, but that's where I learned everything. We lived in that house for a couple of years and I probably learned more in that couple of years right there. It was so formative because it was everything coming at you at one time, and these guys were all really good around me, so it picked up, made me pick up my game a little bit, you know, and I learned a lot. It was great. I'll always, I'll always owe Mark for that in my life, you know what I mean? Definitely for putting it that way. Right. Yeah, it's cool. Cheers on that. Well, old times, dude. That was like 115 years ago, bro. Jesus. Christ. Yeah, so when, when, when was that? <laughs> tell, tell us, when was that? 1980? 1979, yeah, right around. I had just gotten out of school, man. Yeah. You know, so I was just like, fuck, dude, I didn't know anything, you know. I walked in there with a Marshall Major and a Les Paul with DiMarzio X2Ns in it, them big bar magnet things, and that Altair Power attenuator I was talking about. <laughs> and it was like the fry rig, dude. Mark's like, that shit's got to go. 
So I got rid of all that. I went back to Rock City and uh, traded them a Les Paul for a, a late 60s Plexi. I still have. That was like my main city amplifier. I played everything with those guys with that amp, and I still got it. I took them over to Fast Eddie's, and Eddie wired it. Fast Eddie Futrell, yep. Yep, it's all old school shit, man. All this stuff is all gone now. It's all changed, you know? It's... It's funny because Dave, to me, is a throwback kind of to the cats that used to do stuff like that, but he's thinking forward. It's a combination of the two things at once, you know? Mm -hmm. It's just like, I don't know, he makes old school style stuff in a new kind of way, and it works. I don't know. Yeah. You just got a new baby there. I did. I did. It's not in the picture, but it's great. (laughs) (laughs) I can show you in my phone. I got a picture of it. Here, wait. Yeah, I actually, you, you showed it to me. I saw. Oh, yeah, I sent you that. That's right. Yeah. Now, that yeah, wasn't the one that we, that wasn't the one that was at NAM, was it? That red one. No, there was oh, no red was... amp at NAM. There was just uh, the cabs. Oh, wasn't there one sitting on top? No. There oh, was not right. a red amp sitting there. There was just wait, a the black one. Yeah, I guess you're right. You yeah. would know. I there would know. And in fact, there it is. Can see that? There yeah. You go. Those two Red are going to be here the show. Red B50. Man, that's fucking kick ass. Wow, look at that shit. Wow. <laughs> More park knobs than you'll ever see at one time on the face of the planet. I swear to God, that's fucking great, dude. That is beautiful. <laughs> yeah, man. Good shit. Matching. Awesome. Sounds great. No, and what's the cab? Great. What's the cab you're running that out of? Uh, oh, there'll be one five of them. split with 25s and 30s and some and 25s and the others. You're going to be running five cabs? Well, there'll know, be five cabs there. there. <laughs> nice. We'll never tell. It's like a big old theater, so there's plenty of room. Like, you can just do, a, you can you can play with the craziest stage volumes in this place if you want to, and it's great. You know, it's It just like, gets absorbed. Yeah, it's like a big old movie. It used to be a movie theater back in the 20s or the 30s or something. So it's just this big cave of a room, but it's got the coolest natural reverb to it. So it's like, go back one more time, see what happens. You know? right. Yeah, I mean, a little history on that on that, on the club is was it was the Harper Theater. Uh, I think 1931 or so it was built originally. Um, and it was, yeah, it was an old movie theater originally. Um, got converted to a rock club in the 70s, I do believe. And uh, a disco era there for a while. Yeah, they had the disco there. Well, at least their party line is it converted to a rock club in the 70s. So whatever that meant. Yeah, they still have the disco floor. Yeah. (laughs) Color organ. Um, And everyone and their brother played there. And I mean everyone. Man. uh, Oh, my God. If you look at the list. Yeah. I mean, I saw. Oh, God. I don't know. Gary Moore with Ian Pace playing drums. Wow. I think Metallica played there and, 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 uh, you know, um, oh my God. Um, pretty much anyone you can think of in the rock world play there. U2 played there at one time, supposedly, back in the early days uh, of U2 in the early 80s or something. Saxon. Um, Saxon, yeah. Um, Saxon, yeah. Uh, uh, Leslie West, I do believe. Johnny Winter. Johnny Winter. Uh, just on and James on and Brown. on. Yeah. Yeah, I seen James Brown there, man. That was that was incredible. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, so so you know the the thing about this show was it was it was more than it's kind of like the new the new owner Rose, uh, Rosie um, he wants to you know keep it alive keep this venue alive and I thought uh, on my part it was an important thing to help contribute to that in some way. So, uh, you know, this, this needs to stay around. It can't go away. Uh, this is a little piece of history, and, and I think uh, it can't be lost. So, uh, yeah, so well, that's, that, that's my take on it. So what's the uh, after, you know, what's the plan for the, for, the, for the venue after this? Are they going to be trying to get, you know, acts, you know, bigger acts playing there as well? You know? They have it now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they've been trying. Yeah, they've been trying to get it going good, good, you know. But I don't know. That's that's cool. Yeah, I mean, last, the last in line. to come home there, you know. Oh, you're right. You said last in line. That's a last good act. Line played there, and uh, and uh, there's other a lot of other metal acts like like metal acts that I don't even know who they are anymore. Um, yeah. Like guns <laughs> play there. Like guns play there, and like Leader Ford. And- yeah, yep, yep. Oh, Leader Ford go. played there recently. Good. Again, yeah. in fact, I saw Leader Ford back in the '80s there. I also saw uh, Madame X there with uh, wow. Sebastian Bach singing. Really? Oh, yeah. Madame X was I the first show that we ever played at Seduce. We opened up for Madame X. I taught them how to do their hair. Was that at <laughs> Marble? <laughs> uh, that was no, at Roller Skating Rink in uh, Inkster. And, we, uh, and none of us got paid, we got ripped off. <laughs> First of many times you were ripped off over the years? Sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Unless you had the bat in the trunk, right? That's it, or whatever it took. Yeah, you know, I don't <laughs> care. At this point, I don't even care anymore, you know? Yeah. Well, back no, then, I was... the car antenna. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, the car antenna, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we had an agreement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. So, David, what was the um, the album that you guys said that was being re-released? Uh, it was the uh, the very first one we did. It was like an indie. I don't even remember what year exactly it was, but it was like before the days when everybody was doing like their own, you know, independent self-press, self-release record or whatever, you know, I don't know. We did one. Uh, we saw a lot of hardcore bands doing 45s and stuff like that. It's like, why don't we do an album? So we kind of pieced it together and fumbled our way through it. Well, we ended up releasing something of our own. I don't know. It was something unusual at the time. It's, 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 it's passe. It's so beyond normal now. But back when we did it, not everybody you went, was You went in the studio? It, you, know? you went in the studio? Did you go yeah, in the studio? You know, or? Trying to, yeah, because at that point in time, everybody around us... It's, it's funny, when I listen to Steve Stevens talk he came up the same way it's like you played in a cover band and if your cover band was good and you've been around for a while you sneak an original in here an original in there and you kind of build it up into something where it's all original you know so we got to the point where it was that but we didn't know what to do with it so we thought well let's make a record and see if we can get it out there blah 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 you know whatever you know it's 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 a real familiar it's like I don't know this, that same story has duplicated itself quite a few times since then, but it was pretty early on, you know, for mm-hmm. doing your own whatever, you know. I don't know. Well, we want we wanted to use it too for like a calling card to bigger labels, you know. 
so we can, you know, show sales and stuff like that. And we have something to present to them. This is what we're about. So. We were just kids, man. We didn't know what was going on. We just thought it was the right thing to do. And there wasn't anybody helping us or telling us. So mm-hmm. we all sat around the living room at the band house and said, let's make a record or whatever. You know what I mean? And it, it kind of, it helped out in a lot of ways. It kind of stood the test of time. A lot of people like it around here. A lot of people in other places kind of dig it. So it's like, these guys approached us about re-releasing it, so we thought it might be a good idea, just because of the vinyl thing and all that stuff, just for whatever reason, sentimental, whatever. I don't know, you know, just why not? The same reason well, we did in the first place, you know. Well, yeah, and it's it's like you're just leaving money on the table by not selling it. You know, it's 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 like you should, you made it, and you have all these people selling, uh, you know, import ones and or you know, old ones for seventy five dollars and up. No, it's just, you know, it's just for the original record. Kind of cool. so. Yeah, it's, it's it's awesome. You know, and when was this happened? What year was it made? The album. What do you think, 84? Mark? I can't remember. Eighty. We recorded like eighty three, and it came out like eighty four. Yeah, that's early. We're doing your oh. own thing. Totally, totally self done. You know, whatever. Just blind, broke. Just blind. You know what I mean? Trying to make something happen. You know what I mean? And yeah, I don't know. That was. Honestly, when we were trying to do all that, that was before, like, you know, metal really broke, like the Scorpions and Priest and Ozzy and all of it. You know what I mean? This predated that a little bit, you know, because I don't know that when all that happened, it kind of changed the whole world or it created its own world when it finally all popped. Well, MTV and yeah, that was, you know, to me, man, honestly, it's like. There's music, and then MTV starts, and that changes everything, and that went along for a while, and then the internet came along and just wiped mm-hmm. the slate clean and rewrote everything all at one time globally. You know, it's like you saw the two biggest, like, like Teutonic shifts of the industry, you know, in that span of time, and it's been the same for a long time. Now it's totally different than when we used to play at Harpo's or whatever, you know? When I first met Mark, Bands were people who carted around eight by ten black and white pictures and a cassette saying, Let me play. That's that's what it was about. You know, there wasn't anything in the way of like getting the word out about who you were out there. It was a lot different. You know, it was a lot tougher. I don't know. Yeah. No, yeah, you didn't have you didn't have the internet. But actually people came to shows though. Yeah, that was it. It was word of mouth, and that's what your well, strength was, you know. That kind of determined who you were as a band and what your credibility was. Whoever got to play Harpo's on New Year's Eve, they were the biggest band in town. You know what I mean? It was just, there was like a pecking order and a hierarchy of how all this stuff all fit together back then. You know, there were a lot of places to play and there were a lot of bands that were good because Detroit's a really musical place ever since way back when, you know, I didn't really realize that until I went to other places. Mm. Yeah. There's some places that are dead musically. Like, Dude, like know, where, where, like where I live, there's nothing. Yeah. About it. Oh, it's just, no? it's just, yeah. I mean, it's my meat dance machine out here. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Everywhere yeah. you go, it's just club music, dance music. It, you know. Duh, I, duh, duh, yeah, exactly. Duh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, it's which is, you know, look. I mean, world. I I used to go to clubs when I was younger too. You know, like, but. Uh, just can't take it anymore, you know. And there's no live music. I mean, it's very rare, it's very rare. But 200 beats per minute, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, at least in LA, you got well Detroit clearly, but in LA, 
Dave, you've got plenty of music to go see out there, right? We do. Where? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Pardon me now? Uh, I guess. Maybe some. It's not like the Sunset uh, Strip of the old days. Yeah, no. no it's, not, it's not like the old days. Nope. Not at all. But there's uh, still, I mean, if you go to the Sunset Strip, though, you could still see rock bands playing at the Rainbow or the Viper Room, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If you call them rock bands, yeah, sure. <laughs> or they suck. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I've never been. You it's know. Not, not always. You know, a lot of those places are, you know, a lot of those places are just like who pays the money is the one who plays, you know? So they're paying for their slot. And that's not getting you much, you know, generally speaking. It's not. So the band, the it band wasn't fact- decided that this band was going to play there. It was paid for. That's crazy. Know? So, um, uh, Sad, really. It's sad. I mean, you know, it, it, you, you have to search out the, the – I mean, there is some good music going on, and, and you just have to kind of search it out. I mean, like, the guys in Cairo play locally and stuff here and there, mm-hmm. and, and you know, they generally just kind of – people are frightened, generally. <laughs> <laughs> Two guys, and they're scaring the crap out of everybody. They're a little frightened. The videos yeah. are even scarier. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the videos. Are, videos are incredible. It's just like they're yeah, like those movies. are cool. Like, oh yeah, those are really cool. Yeah. Well, when um, someone sent someone sent me the link and they're like, "Don't watch this at work." I'm like, "Really? Oh, it's a was fun- that the oh, first a- video? Is that the one with the naked girl in it?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. And I'm like, really? It's a it's a music video. Why can't I watch it at work? Yeah, that guy. Yeah. They got some crazy hits on that video, like some million some hits. Like it got crazy. With that first video they did, um, no one even understands why. <laughs> it's just kind of because of the naked girl. But probably because of the naked girl. Yeah. <laughs> but, so there, there's there's the thing. Naked girls get the views. So, duh. Yeah, someone's watching. That's great. Yeah, cool. exactly. So, yeah, but it was I also it was a whole spectacle okay. though. Was but that Mark? You were t- you were talking about LA a second ago, and I think the thing that got me when I first went out there, it's like, you know, like I say, we were like like blue-collar working band. We would play three, four nights out of the week, every week at this place or that place or whatever, just kind of moving around all over the place. And when I first went out to California, I would go to a club and see a band, and it's like some dude playing accordion, some chick yodeling, and a drummer, <laughs> and it's their second gig, and they just signed a fucking $500,000 deal to Sony or something. You know what I mean? I, I remember seeing something. And it's like, how can you get a record deal after only playing two shows? How is that possible? And I couldn't I couldn't get the drift of that logic when I first got there. You know, I don't know whatever happened to them, you know, but it's just like, wow, that's weird how things move out here. It's just a lot different. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's funny because when I was playing and when I was in New York, I was playing in a band and we were out there for like, I don't know. I was playing out in the clubs for like three years and we were open up for this one band or no, excuse me, this band opened up for us and they were breaking their stuff down and I was moving my drums up on the stage. And uh, I said to the guy, I go, Hey, how, how, and this, we were playing this small little club in the city. And I said, Hey, how long you guys been playing here? And he, he says, uh, probably about 10 years. And at that point, I, I, I don't think I heard anything else that he just was saying. I was just thinking to myself, you've been playing this fucking place for 10 years. 
Wow, like house band or something? Yeah, no, not even. You know, they weren't even like a house band. It was a. It's a kind of a known bar in in the city in New York City called Nightingales, where Blues Traveler came out of, and right, the Spin Doctors, and you know some of these other bands. But I just when he said ten years, and they weren't signed or anything. I still remember the name of the band too. There was Simon and the Bar Sinisters. That was the name of the band. Well, that's why they weren't signed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but. I, I, I was just like, wow, 10 years. Okay, I'm out. I'm yeah. done. Although they did steal the last half of that name for a, a fetish club out here. That's a great place. <laughs> Bar Sinister. <laughs> Bar Sinisters. Yeah. I've seen uh, Jenna Torturers there a couple years ago. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Well, that was kind of is the opposite of bands getting signed every you know two minutes. How long were you in New York for? Uh, three and a half years. Yeah, was it hard? It was hard. I was living on a futon with uh, we had there were two girls. Each of the girls had they they had real jobs and they they were living in bedrooms. And me, and so me and like the, the uh, <laughs> yeah, and me and the guitar player, we were living in the living room on futons. Oh, that's great. This, this is the typical rock and roll story right here. Yeah, and then yeah. but then here's the here's the best part. Years later. I find out from the guitar player that because there were periods of time, you know, I get up in the middle and I have to go pee and I'd be like, where the fuck is Steve? He's like, not there. I figured maybe he was, he went out. I was so naive to think he was sleeping with one of the girls. Yeah. And, you know, and like years later, he tells me, he's like, oh, I was sleeping with Jessica. And I'm like, what? Hmm. You didn't fucking tell me. I'm like, I was, I should have, you know, like, cause I, I wasn't going to be in on with the other girl, but, uh, even still, it was kind of it was funny, just one of those stories. But um, yeah, it was one of the definitely one of those rock and roll stories. I was working at a a music a CD store in the city in the village, right? Nice. And uh, and yeah, it was it was a tough go. You know, I was yeah. calling my grandma every couple of weeks to send me some money. Help! <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, exactly. I don't have any money for food. So, yeah, it was tough. We did a bit of play. When we started, when we tried to get out of here, and, like, back then it was, like, expanding your circle, like, from Detroit, then you would try playing in Cleveland and whatever, and we kind of worked our way to where we would play a couple shows in the month here in Detroit, throw together some money, and go to New York and stay there for as long as the money lasted, play a show here, play a show there, kind of wherever, Cat Club, Pyramid Club, places nice. like that, because it was, I don't know. We were trying to do our own thing. We weren't trying to fit in. You know, we consciously stayed away from the West Coast. We we got our deal on the East Coast with a West Coast label just because we tried to stay away from all of that. And at the end of the day, it still didn't work out. But I used to love to go play there, but it was a different world for sure compared to what it was here. You know, I don't know. Hmm. But that was back when, like, I don't know, that was a long time ago when Times Square was all messed up and it was all nasty. And, you know, it was a good time going there and playing and stuff. You know what band got signed while we were there? Uh, maybe you heard of them. Uh, Degeneration. I've nope. heard of that. You ever hear of them? No? From back then? From back then, yeah. I'm talking like 1991, yeah. maybe. They were one of the few bands. Like, you know, like what was coming out in New York at that time was like Blues Traveler and Spin Doctors and all that, you know, like these jam band kind of things. But, sure. but, but they were, but this band, Degeneration, they were kind of like, hard punkish kind of 
you know, I, I'll I'll look it up. I'll send you a link after this. Okay, awesome. So you check yeah. it, check it out. Yeah, they they were the one of the bands that got signed. I remember because I'd said this story on the show before. The band the band practice place that we rented studio space was from the guy who used to manage the Yardbirds. His name was Giorgio Gamelski. Right. I remember so. That so Giorgio would rent out the place to all these different bands, and Degeneration played downstairs. That was the name his parents gave him. Giorgio Gamelski. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Italian or Polish or something. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Uh, he was a man. He would come in, and uh, our um, the PA would be screwed up. The singer would get into it with him, and. Then he'd start yelling at us because we hadn't paid the, you know, the the rental for that month or something. It was great, you know, typical typical <laughs> stuff. But um, but yeah. But then I'd go upstairs to go pay the rent, and he would have like a you know a, a gold or platinum album on his wall from the Yardbirds or, you know. And then I read later on. I read Eric Clapton's book, and he even talks about Georgia Gamelski being one of the main reasons why he left the Yardbirds because free love and all that. Yeah. Yeah. They were doing all. Yeah, exactly. They were doing all that, you know, pop stuff. And he was like, screw that. I want to get out of here. So, so uh, that's cool, man. May 19th. I'm hoping I can get out there. So who else is going to be there, Dave? Dave. So it's free. So, Sammy Bowler, who's a, an, an artist of ours um, that's doing uh, his first um, instrumental uh, set, actually. It's kind of a rock instrumental thing. Um, should be really cool. It's a little short set at the very beginning of the night. Then you have um, two other local bands, uh, Dead in Five, and uh, what was the other band, Dave? Bang Shifter, I think. Bang Shifter? Yep. Um, Detroit, Detroit. Yeah. And then we're, then we're then we're going uh, to Cairo Nifight, who's an artist out here from LA. Um, well, kind of all over the world, and um, and then of course these guys. And uh, should be an, it should be a great night. We should get some great footage and and uh, you know they'll have the albums for sale and uh, some merch and different things and it should be great. It'll be a good show. It'll be a good set. It'll be a good show. It's gonna be a lot of Friedman stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah, we're yeah, gonna yeah. do we're gonna do is we're gonna film some uh some rig walkthroughs for uh for all the, the bands, at least all the Friedman artists. Oh, and right. uh uh Pete Thorne is gonna do those. So he's gonna be out Pete. doing them. Excellent. Yeah. So he's gonna be out hanging out, guys. Yeah, that'd be great. And, that'd be great. Uh, Did you ever been to Detroit before? No, well, he's yeah, he's played in Detroit before. Oh, that's cool. Uh, that's cool. Many times, like with Chris Cornell and stuff. And mm-hmm. oh, right on. Yeah, I didn't know he ever been here. Yeah. But he's not really, not really very much. You know, just yeah. kind of in and out, in and out quick. We'll give him the grand tour. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> and uh, the grand tour is quite nice now. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. You know, I don't know. Uh. So, so you know, you guys were going. You did, you you did this record. You did this independent record, and then and then what? You guys were playing all the time because when playing, I when playing, I was seeing playing. you guys, you were playing all the time. A uh, dude that worked for Miles Copeland for IRS Records saw us in New York, and called Andy Miles Summers. Copeland in California. Probably now, Andy Summers. 
Yep. Yeah. Andy Summers and who's the other dude? Jay Boberg. Yep. I think. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. A long time ago. And uh, Miles heard us and liked us. And IRS was kind of, I don't know if they were trying to expand their market because when that happened, then the hard rock heavy metal thing was starting to happen. It was starting to pick up and you had those bands on MTV and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So we signed IRS, did a record with them. And at the same point in time, Penelope Spheris was shooting The Decline of Western Civilization Part 2. So IRS was doing the soundtrack for it, and he got Penelope to let us in the movie. So as the record came out, we kind of got in on that whole thing at the same time, and that's when we went to California. So, yeah, the, the footage from the movie, that was my first couple of days there. You know, it was kind of overwhelming. It was pretty cool, you know. It went a long way. That was an interesting thing to do, and I think it was a, a really an unexpected high-profile point for the band. You know what I mean? A lot. I, I think people come up to me to this day, and they'll have something to say about decline of Western civilization or something like that, and it was something that we just kind of happened into sideways, but I'll always be thankful we got the chance to do it, even though it was just whatever, but at least you're in on it, and you're there, you know, and that's what matters. Yeah, right place, right time. That's all that matters. Was the, you know the famous I mean? lot? What was the famous line? Who's the biggest band in Detroit? Yeah. Yeah. I've had <laughs> a lot of people come up to me and say that, man. Yeah. That's interesting. Last week I played down here in Nashville, Rock and Roll Residency. And the guys I played with are Gene Simmons band. We're out on tour with Gene Simmons right now. And and the guy announced me about about the movie, talked about the movie, and he said, this is one of the, like the three guys in the movie that didn't sound like an asshole. No. <laughs> I've heard that. I've heard that same discussion many times. The same thing. And, and he says, "You got to do it, man. We're seduced from Detroit, and so we went into Colleen, gong gong, gong gong." But they didn't know the song. We only did like four F sharps, you know. Yeah. That's how we they introduced me. It's kind of funny. You know? <laughs> well, that's cool. No, it's it's, it's kind of back on it now, man. It's kind of funny. It's like you know, Dave and I do a lot of stuff together, and. Uh, you were in the middle of nowhere, and someone comes up and goes, "Hey, are you?" <laughs> yeah, no, it's crazy. It happens yeah, it's all the time, like middle of Fort Wayne, Indiana. It's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's surreal, man. Yeah, it's kind of a weird thing. It's weird. I know, happened, you know, that happened uh, last in July, and Nam, David, and I were walking around the Nam show, and yeah. guys were coming up to him doing that to David, and then the next day he says, "Oh my God, I didn't recognize you were Mark." You know, and I thought it was cool. Yeah, yeah you, you look a little different now, Marky. Yeah. Dave Dave actually looks exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's funny you said that. <laughs> I, was, I was looking at the old promos, and I was like, yeah, Dave hasn't changed at all. Um, oh, no, I have, yeah. No, if you look at, if you look at the back of the second record, which we're – which we hadn't really discussed yet. Back in the second record, he looks exactly the same. <laughs> yeah, that was, the, that was it. I don't know. A little man. older, but yeah, yeah, a lot older. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. But then, you know, we transitioned into the second record thing, and it was like, I don't know, dude. It, it it caused a lot of problems for what we were trying to do at that point. I literally had, you know, before we signed IRS, we spent a lot of time trying to get signed. And we were only a three-piece. And I would literally have people come up to me and say, find a lead singer, and I'll sign you guys. No one would touch us as a three-piece. It just wasn't 
You know what I mean? Because that's where the world was at that point in time. They needed the big MTV front man, and we didn't have that, you know, and it, all it did was work against us. So we ended up out there and doing that, you know. Then it just follows the same, you know. For IRS, because the police were on IRS, right? And they're a three-piece. You know, it was a choice between a big label with a bunch of bands or a smaller label that had REM, the Go-Go's, and the police. So it's like, Let's try the smaller one. Maybe we'll get, maybe we'll get, you know, not lost in the crowd. Put it that way, you know. Right. So what happened in the end with that? Wow, man. I don't even know if I should really talk about it on TV because it's ugly, man. (laughs) You know, it's, it, it ran its course and we wanted to jump to a different label. So we got out of our deal with IRS, but then at that point in time, the person who wanted to sign us at the other label lost their job. So when they went away, the other deal went away, and IRS had gone away. So we were kind of like, you know, lit the dock on fire, went to jump in the boat, and there was no boat there, you know? know. Well, plus the fact that, you know, we were touring and doing all that stuff and busting our ass, and IRS didn't know what to do with us. You know, we were, we were playing in front of a lot of people, opening up for Iggy and Megadeth and people like that. And our records wouldn't even be in the stores where we were playing. It's like, what the fuck? We're busting our ass here. You guys ain't doing your job. You know? Mm-hmm. Busting. Yeah, know. It's, every, every band's got its own story. You know what I mean? I figured that's why we'd come on and try and tell a take of ours, because it's kind of the old school way of doing things. I'm sure people don't do business anyway in the way that how we were talking about that it's been done. You know what I mean? And it's just like, well, everybody's got their story. You know what I mean? But the whole the whole thing was a good thing back then. And the fact that the three of us are still together now and doing good and playing and it still sounds good, there's no reason not to do it then, I guess. Because it's not like you're trying to bullshit people by throwing something out there that's, well, a couple of the guys except for this dude or whatever. You know what I mean? However people try and bullshit people to come to their shows or whatever. It's still the real deal, you know. So I guess that that's that's a, a sincere appeal to get people to come out and see it because it will be something good. It'll definitely be something good. That's awesome. Yeah, it's always great when it's uh the original lineup. It's real. It's organic. Plus, it'll be the original lineup of fans there. It'll be all the people who used to love to come and see us back then, back on the same place that they used to see us in. You know, it, it wins on so many levels. You just walk away feeling good after a show like that because it's not just your typical throwaway, whatever, wherever play. You know what I mean? It's, it's something different. You know, it'll be all right. It'll be all right. That's cool. Hopefully. Yeah. Um, I'm going to jump into chat. Yeah, there's a lot from Dr. Krankenstein here who, who has an Who's interesting that? history. Elliot. Huh? Elliot? Dr. Uh, Krankenstein? You might know him. I don't know. He lives in Switzerland now, though. Yeah, that's Elliot. Yeah. Elliot Chambers. Yeah, so he's, he's contributing a lot in this chat here. Uh, Yep. And uh, little trivias and bits of things. Yeah, he says that he's... Um, he hang on, he, we're looking. <laughs> yeah, wish, wish I could make the Harpo's gig, he said. Um, he said that Dave was David was uh, moving back and forth, so it was uh, making him dizzy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do that. I'm sorry, man. 
he goes, he goes, well, what was Dave? So was Dave shit, you know. I said, what was, he? He goes, what was Dave wired up on? And I called him caffeine, most likely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, man. I mean, honestly, man, I'm just nervous, and I'm like rocking my leg in the chair and whatever, dude. No, <laughs> yeah, no, it's hard to talk about this kind of stuff. You know, I don't know, man. I'm I'm just a quiet person that likes to play. You know what I mean? And sometimes I prefer just doing it than talking about it. Talking about it is hard sometimes, especially when you know a bunch of people are listening and you don't want to say anything dumb. You know, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I don't know. You know? All right, you're on our show. I'm sorry for making plenty, you dizzy, bro. Yeah, plenty of things have been said that are dumb on this show. Don't worry. Yeah, don't, yeah, don't worry about it. But, um, <laughs> but uh, Dr. Krankenstein said here, he said, I saw Dave in the band Dame at the Silverbird. That's when I first met Mark. That was the first band that I played in with Mark. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's cool. No, it was great. Like four 45-minute sets of fucking just like whatever i you know i don't know some of us you know humble scorpions ufo stuff like that yeah all kinds of shit just crazy you know yeah just the, you know just to get people to come 445s wow i die doing that now man oh four four forty five minutes yeah four forty five minutes sets four forty five minutes sets yeah oh, you know, that's a half in between yeah it's brutal dude yeah you just as your clothes dry it's time to go back on <laughs> yeah that i yeah. i I did that well, a few I think times we did for Detroit because we would start it out that way. And then we said, well, hell with this, man, let's open, let's hire an opening band. And then the bar owners would be like, what the hell is this? I said, well, what are you worried about? We're paying them. You're getting twice the entertainment. Well, okay. And so we'd have other bands play the first two sets. And then we do the third set covers. And then the fourth set, we do all originals. And then it got to the point like, what are you doing? All these originals? What, 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 you know? And they're like, well, we don't mind because people are coming. So it got to the point where all we further down the road, all we did was originals. And we mm. started the thing of, you know, having bands opening up for you in Detroit. Nobody was a long time ago. That was yeah, before, they, like, bands had openers. Usually it was just one band for the whole night. But, you know, we were, like, you know. Yeah, it's a good idea, actually. Hmm. That's interesting. And nobody thought we could do it. And we would go into these clubs and say, we'll play for the door. And the dude's like, Okay. And we'd put like 500, 700 people into like, you know, a 300 person club, whatever, do just something crazy and just make a pile of money and bum the guy out really bad because he didn't <laughs> see it coming. And we had a game plan and he should have had a piece of it and he didn't get any of it. We got all of it. You know, we ran our own game. We always did. And I'll always be proud of that fact. Except, except for always. the guy that said, no, you can't have that money. Yeah, oh, yeah, I can't yeah. pay you right now. Yeah, no, yeah, no, that never worked. No, no one ever won that <laughs> argument with us. No. Yeah, it, it's Detroit, man. Come on now, you know. Yeah, no. no That's when the baseball funny. bat came out. Yeah, it's like, dude, no, pay us or we're going to wreck your bar. <laughs> <laughs> we had yeah, a deal. It's shit, simple. Dude. Yeah. Oh, so so we had a good question here from Eric Fraser. He says, uh, love the show. For people who don't know Seduce, what are three songs to check out? Thanks. So what would you guys say? you want to go? I'll let you guys answer. Probably uh, Viper's Bite, Chopping Block, maybe Colleen. Um, Mirror, maybe? Crash Landon. Uh, yeah. Headbanger. Yeah. Um, gosh, we got so many. No, 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 good though. 
Yeah, a couple <laughs> of them, you know. I don't know. Well, it's, they're all good. <laughs> it's just old school. It's like kind of old school. I don't know. Dude. I don't even know what to compare it to. I remember one time reading about us a long time ago, and some guy said, we're a blend of motorhead and sweet. And I took that as the biggest compliment because that means you had power, but you had a sense of melody and you were clever. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, I'll take that. That's a good one, you know, because you're that, that, somewhere good, in between those two points. You that's think so? Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good, like, yeah, that's a good description. Maybe I'll throw in a few other little things in there, you know, yeah, there's, there's, you, know. you know, which is, I, I always say there's a punk element. Punk element, yeah. Yeah. Punk yeah. No? Yeah, not a not a straight up rock and roll thing. But that Motorhead, that be- Motorhead has that punk element. So so right. Sort of. I think some of that too comes from like you know when when you're doing the band house thing and everybody's living together, everybody listens to the same records or everybody's exposed to what everybody else is listening to. Chuck was really versed in a lot of punk rock and hardcore things that he turned me on to that I never knew anything about. So his view expanded mine. So everybody kind of shares alike. And if you're all living together, everybody knows it. It's like, mm. you know, not, you know, we're going to get together and rehearse this day of the week. And that's the only day of the week that you saw the people that you play with. Everybody lived together. You're, the sound man and the light dude lived there. So the sound <laughs> man always knew where the solo was in the song and when it hit the fader. The light dude always knew where the light cue was because they listened to us rehearse every day. And then we all ate fucking, you know, whatever, cornflakes when we were done, you know what I mean, or whatever, you know what I mean, it was, it was, it was real simple, you know, but I don't know, those were, those were, those were good times, you know, yeah. to, be a, to be a player. Yeah. What was that, Marky? I said nacho grease cakes. <laughs> yeah, all kinds of shit, dude, I don't know, you, you see kids come in the music store, and I would sometimes feel bad for these little dudes because I think they got ripped off on that whole experience. You know what I mean? They're trying to play guitar. They're trying to put together bands, you know, but their, their options are kind of limited, you know? When we was kids, we could put together a shitty band, get together with two other shitty bands, run a VFW hall or a UAW hall, buy 10 kegs of beer and charge $10 to get in, and it would be great. And I just don't think you can do that kind of stuff anymore. You know? No. The world, the world always- is kind of changed. You know, yeah, there's, there's no bands anyway. Yeah, you know, it's, it's very few. I don't know. It sucks. It definitely is. We're trying to get people to come to something like that. You know. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you. Why you, is that? The world's so diversified now. Ah. Uh, it's yeah, true. And the it's music a little is depressing. Just, <laughs> it is. It's a little depressing because I think. Uh... And then we're back to the Kendrick Lamar wins a Pulitzer Prize topic. Yeah, that's, <laughs> like I said, depressing. You know? Did, did Dylan know. ever win a Pulitzer Prize? Who? Dylan. I don't know. I don't know but I don't he started know. his own whiskey company. Hey, uh, uh, Bob uh, Dylan? Yep. Yeah. Dave, really? Dave Willie from Bang Shifter is in our chat. Cool. So, what up, what up? Are you ready to play? He says, yeah, he said he can't wait. It's going to rock, he said. So, all right. It's going to be a good one. Cool, man. Good one. Excellent. That's cool. Hey, Dave, um, we have a question from Gear Garage. He says, uh, Dave, what models are you going to be making in Lefty? Uh, probably all of them eventually. Ah. Mark was telling me about his earlier. 
Mark, Mark, Mark's now like in his head's gone. Ah, shit, four guitars. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't. No, but uh, the cow, the Cali's. I can't wait to get the Cali. That'd be awesome. Yeah. So anybody who wants a lefty, contact Friedman because they're be making lefty guitars. Yes, it's, we, I haven't seen one yet, but we are uh, we are actively going to be doing it. So. Yeah, Grover mentioned that they were. At least the order was in. I don't know if he's yep. working on them, but that's cool. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I figured it'd be a, be a while. He's, so. he's working on something. Yeah, I think that the key would be patience. Stories, though, man. Wow. Yeah, Grover has. <laughs> yeah, because I met him. You know how you meet people through. I'm not a big meter, but I met Dave, and then through Dave, I got to talk to Grover a couple of times and just. His stories blew me away. It was great. Mm. It was great. I know. Yeah, I we had him on the show. We had some good ones. We need to have a part two with Grover. Speaking of guitars, oh, I was at Vintage today, man. You'd be surprised how many Gibsons not on, not on the floor now that they called bankruptcy, man. I'm wondering if you're starting to hoard those things. Uh, maybe. Hmm. The Carter's, Carter's Place? Yeah, Vintage Carter's oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I actually have to go there this year. Yeah, that would be good. Well, I was sad. I was sad that I missed that place. I think we'll have the time. Yeah. Wow. We got a couple extra days to kill. Cool. So I can be uh, your tour guide. Yeah, we got a couple extra days to kill. So we'll be in on uh, Sunday night. Oh wow! So you're gonna be yeah, get things done before you set up. Well, the, 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 the problem is is that uh, Sweetwater Gear Fest that we do every year and Summer NAM are on consecutive weekends. Mm-hmm. So we're doing the Sweetwater Fest, and then it's like, well, what do I do? Wait, I got to be for setup on Wednesday morning in Nashville. So, well, yeah, we'll just drive to Nashville. Right. Yeah, why well, go back to L.A. and then come back all the way back? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, there's no point. Not for, God, not for two days. Uh-uh. Right. Mm-hmm. Or a day and a half, really. Yeah. Wow. wow. Not worth it. Not worth it at all. So, yeah, so I'm camping in the uh, Midwest for uh, for two weeks. <laughs> nice. In June, which is coming up. This show's going to go by, and then we're going to be at the end of June. Done. <laughs> we'll be here. Yeah, it's I'll tell you, Mark, it's funny. Just just BS and it's like when I first met Dave, oh dude, it's weird. He came over my house and looked at my Marshall and I'm like, hey dude, I you know, how about like maybe you think you could like make a copy of this thing so I wouldn't have to take it out anymore? And he goes, Yeah, sure, give me a call, let me know. And he splits. And I thought about it the next day. I'm like, man, if you don't talk to this cat again while he's in town, he's gonna be gone. So I hit him up and he invited me downtown. So I went and met him and we sat there BSing and stuff like that. And he had a guy with them because they were demoing some stuff at Sweetwater, and there mm, oh, was just some things going on. And I go, dude, if you ever need someone to do that, give me a shout. And I never thought in a million years he would call me back. So he calls me back to go to Sweetwater demo the guitars, and then lays on me that Grover Jackson is coming too. And then a couple days later, I'm sitting in the back of a rental car with Dave Friedman driving and Grover Jackson in the passenger seat. And it was the most surreal <laughs> thing I've ever done, driving for hours, listening to these two cats talk. It was great. It was like, like you know, Henry Ford and Thomas Edison talking or something. Yeah, it was great, dude. It was awesome. Yeah, good stuff. That's good awesome. 
<laughs> yeah, you know, who gets to do shit like that? Come on now, that's that's unbelievable. Well, you do all the time now. <laughs> yeah, but it, you know, man, you you're know, stuck. <laughs> no, nah, I'm blessed, man. I, I I could never say thanks enough. I really I appreciate it. I do. Yeah, no problem. That's no cool. problem. Good shit. Good shit. Well, great you guys year. will have great a great time, time in Detroit and um and also in uh Nashville. So I'm jealous I'm not gonna be in Nashville so for summer nam. Um Well at least you won't be melting. Oh, yeah. well, you, you already live in heat. Yeah. Well, I'm traveling all over the freaking place. That was exceptional last year, though. It Man, was, that hot. was hot. It was hot. <laughs> Plus, definitely... they keep everything so cold inside. It's 100 outside and 50 inside. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. No, Nashville's all right. That was my first time there last year. I'd never been there before. It's like, yeah, you go to Carter's or something. It's like walking into a book. You know what I mean? Like, it's. Right there, that's that's the shit right there, you know. Oh yeah. Beautiful, just unbelievable stuff. And they let you touch it and play it if you want to. That's a new one, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. Good. Hey, going back to uh what Mark brought up, which was Gibson. So let's talk about Gibson. Why not? Uh since it seems to be the hot topic of the day. Um so they filed bankruptcy. Right. So they're going to restructure. It looked like they were getting rid of the consumer electronics part of the business that they took on, um, which probably is smart. But uh, (laughs) so, yeah, it's I mean, it's like everybody saw it coming, just like everybody sees it happening for Guitar Center, too. Um, But Gibson's not going to go away. I mean, so what do you think, Dave and David and Mark? What do you guys think? I mean, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Les Pauls, so, you know, I hope they get their shit together. I mean, I don't think, I don't, I don't think Gibson's going to go away. Um, but how it gets restructured and who takes over or who buys it or someone, something's going to happen. The name won't go away. You know, I, it's just a question of how it will keep existing. Um. But I sure wish they'd get Henry out of there. <laughs> yeah, he hasn't. He he's not budging yet, right? No, nope. Um, I don't know. They just need to kind of. Uh, I don't know. That's it's hard to say. Uh, it almost seems like it needs to go to become a smaller brand again in order to get the quality that once existed, and then the kind of guitars that you you want out of them. Mm-hmm. I think it. I like think it in, downsized. In Michigan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It yeah, needs to like, downsize. You know. Well, I mean, look at Heritage. Well, right? even that's a problem too. Heritage ended too recently. Like the kind of like all the people left. What? Yeah. So all the all the builders left Heritage because there was new new people running it, and they wanted to implement new new ways of building things. Uh, and modernize the company, and the, the old guys that were there are just like, uh, uh-uh. uh. <laughs> so they're not there anymore. At least that's what I understand. Wow, I had no idea. Yeah. And the, the only problem with Heritage always was there. It wasn't the quality of the instrument; it was the headstock was horrible. Yes, the headstock. Oh is bad. God, yeah. Wasn't agreed. Good. The instrument was cool. Yeah, yeah. I I had a I had a Les Paul from them. Unfortunately, the neck was too thin for me. I like a chunkier neck, especially on a Les Paul. 
but um, but it was a quality instrument, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. Dave, remember remember all day long when when I remember when I was a kid, guitars for stars. You could buy Les Pauls for three hundred and fifty dollars. Sure, sure. Seventies Les that, Pauls. That, that's that's part of the problem that Gibson's having now. You know, all the new stuff they come out with. Okay, you know, but I don't know. It's like they have they have their core things that they make well, which is great. But unfortunately, those things are priced so high now, they're not $350 anymore. They're 10 yeah. times that much. A, a kid can't come up with that kind of loot, you know, or whatever. Back when we were kids, we used to have that kind of stuff. When I first met Marky, I bought a 59 Junior off him for $250 that wow. he bought off a garbage man for 125 you know, that before people that didn't play guitar started buying them, you know? And it's, Gibson's got a bunch of problems. They make great stuff. They always have. But then you turn around and you see something, and it's a neon green Les Paul. Why does the world need that? You know, the world doesn't right. need a neon. Or green a ten thousand, or ten thousand dollar nineteen fifty nine. Vos blah, blah. Yeah, it's like another nineteen fifty nine. Yeah, you know. So which nineteen fifty nine is the right nineteen fifty nine? How many of them have they had over the years? Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's, <laughs> uh, it's got. Million. It's got the right tenon, but it doesn't have the right tuners, or it doesn't have, you know, like they mm-hmm. they never get it a hundred percent right. Just yeah. it's like just fucking make the right guitar and charge three grand for it, thirty five hundred bucks that the working guy can afford, not ten grand. I mean, I I can't afford ten grand. I mean, to go, I don't know. Uh, you know, yeah. I love. I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I have a Les Paul standard. I got back in 2005, um, which is great. That's, and actually, Les Paul signed it, which is awesome. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. Plus, yeah. it's a lefty. Wow. That's and it's a lefty. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And he, yeah. Uh, he, he had to make a joke about it, of course. He was like, I handed him the pick guard, and he was just like, What's with this thing? He's like, It's backwards. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah. Yep, that's what I said. I said I'm on a lefty, and he's like, "Yep." So now he was a good guy, good guy. But uh, yeah, I mean, the guitars. I, I, Gibson just needs to get their shit together. Just God, it's just. Hey, hey, you guys, the Rumble Seat. That's another music store down the street from Vintage. Ooh. Got, oh yeah. Three original 1959 Les Pauls in there in the case. Mm-hmm. Three hundred thousand dollars a pop. Yep. Wow. Or thereabouts. South or north? <laughs> I thought it was Carter's who actually had a lefty, fifty-eight, I think, or a sixty. It wasn't a fifty-nine. Wow. Last time I was out there, I was like, "Oh, that, I wanted to go see it." Someone sent me pictures of it. I was like, "Oh, that would have been amazing." Oh, we got time. We got time to kill. I'm going this time. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, down down the street. Sw- We're going. I swear to God, the guitars from Steve Goodale. You know, we talked about Steve Goodale once. Steve. He loaned me a Sunburst 1959 Les Paul. He wanted thirty five hundred dollars for. Oh, I took it home. He loaned it to me overnight, so I took it home, played it, played great, sounded cool. You know, and we were paying five hundred bucks for him at the time. I'm like, man, thirty five hundred sounds like a lot of money, and I didn't buy it, and I should have. Uh, <laughs> you could have bought I two more houses, you know? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah. You know, it's just crazy. Who, who, it's just who crazy. knew back then? 
No. Oh God! Don't no. you wish you could jump back in time and just go back and gobble all that stuff up real quick? Yeah, right. I like to buy back the junior I got from Mark. I can't afford a junior. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I want. I want. I just can't. Too. Yeah, it's just it's just hard to do it, dude. I paid two hundred fifty bucks for my first one. I'm going to pay six grand for my second one. You know? <laughs> I don't know, dude. There's a mm-hmm. that's kind of a big leap, you know? But, yeah. Yeah, the, well, those rock and roll relic ones are pretty cool. The, yeah, that dude stuff. Have you seen that? Yeah, that's good stuff. I, yeah, I do one of those. That's a good guitar. Yeah, he, he makes yeah he makes great ones. And uh, Billy's a friend. Did of a mine. couple in California. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Good yeah. Stuff. So make, good he's making replica juniors, or yeah, or? he does yeah, all sorts yeah, of cool yeah. like or or juniors or juniors that are um, kind of. A twisted junior, so to speak, you know, something different with different pickups or different looks or stuff, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, he does traditional or, or non aged, you know, it's cool. They're good. They're good guitars. Yeah. yeah but you guys are doing now a set neck, right, Dave? We're doing a set neck now. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Can you do it like a junior? That, that I have plans down the road to do something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So. Sir, was going to do that. Didn't, that, that didn't John that's, a, that's a plan down the road. That's cool. Just like that bass amp, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that, that, that's actually becoming more of a, a more of a reality here soon. So, all right. Believe it or not, I'll let you take my big Marshall, and you can just design it off of that, man. You know, I have the schematic for that thing already. <laughs> What's that? I have the schematic for that thing already. There you go. That's the most fans I've ever seen in one head. Oh, yeah? I yeah. put those in, and they didn't come with like that. Right. Really, you put extra fans in there? Keep it cool? No, I I, I got the original back, but I put a couple of, like computer uh, fans in the back to cool it off. Yeah, I made us another back to the Marshall. It looks like a Marshall back. It looks original, but it's not original. Mm. Right. Right. Is Man, I remember seeing you back in the day when you with SVTs and high watt. Yep, two cabinets on their side, sideways, and an SVT and a high watt on top of it. Yeah, I think I, I ended up with the high watt. Somebody stole it from me, fucker. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was a badass sound. I wish I could buy another high watt. I've been wanting one of those too. <laughs> yeah. No, you look at you know you look on reverb. It's just like, damn, dude. Wow. Yeah, it's depressing. <laughs> they got three at Carter's today. I've seen them. I watch. Yeah, dude. It's just like buying a car, though. You know, it's like, man, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm having a hard time coming up with the. I don't need. I don't have to have it. It's just something I kind of want. <laughs> That's the way it always is with everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I got an old trainer you'd like, Dave. Oh yeah, those are cool. That old hundred watt trainer I got. Bassmaster or something? Yeah. I believe so. Yeah. Like four inputs on it or something, and. No, it's only got two. Oh. I haven't. Well, maybe that's it. No, no, they only had two. Yeah. 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 Those Big are cool. Old. Big ugly thing. Yep. Yep. Big and ugly. <laughs> they, they, you know, they made a hundred fifty watt um, kind of version of that too. That uh, I that came through the shop once, and uh, I bet that would be good at bass. 
probably be great. I always want to get a Laney, an old one, like Tony Iommi's. Oh, yeah. Those are great. Yeah. I worked on lots of those. Mm. Yeah, that's what you're saying. Yeah, you know, I, uh, the first real ones I saw were at Hollywood Guitar Center. They, somebody dumped off a couple of them there, and it was the first real one I'd ever seen, except for, like, the old Sabbath pictures. You know, like, wow. Yeah. You know. I never now played they're re-popping before. those. What do they sound like? Marshall or? One? I don't know, because you kind of get like a, there's a pedal that comes with the head that's matched to it that's like a repop of the old uh, Rangemaster tone bender. Mm. You know, the old fuzzy, you know, I don't know. It's just it's supposed to be keyed into what it's supposed to be, I guess. Interesting. Look cool. Look really cool. Hey, Dave Friedman. Um, mm-hmm. I know we there were some questions on Facebook. A couple of people were asking about T-shirts for Friedman T-shirts, which I happen to be wearing. Um, are they available anymore, or no? They're yeah. sold out. Yeah, 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 no. We we still. Um, well, right now, I think I only have medium and large left. Um, so that's all I got because we sold out of the other sizes. You can uh, email uh, um, Friedman Merch at gmail.com and just uh, email me there and we'll uh, we'll go from there. Cool. And what about the uh, the stuff that was uh, launched at NAM? I know people were asking about when the Mike Nomo is coming out and some of the other stuff. Can I say soon? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think the wa- I think the wah pedal will be coming first uh, and that should be Hopefully shortly, meaning within like a month or two, maybe. And then uh, the other stuff is later. Um, the, the 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 Mike No More also might be within a few months. But don't I'm these aren't solid dates at all, at all. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're trying are to get pick- it out as fast as we can. The pickups are available. The pickups are not technically available yet because we're still finishing the packaging for them. I mean, we have them. We just just not shipping them yet. And those are all will also be coming out with a little redesign on our website too, with the to add the pickups and all the new guitars and stuff. So it's all kind of going to come at once. If you wanted a pickup from you guys, but you wanted a different color bobbin, can you get? Sure. Like what color bobbin? Say you wanted red or green or. It could probably be funky. done. Could probably be done. We we did do a pink pickup for for a guitar we made. Okay. So how about, how about an upright bass stereo preamp? <laughs> <laughs> well, you might be waiting a while. All right. <laughs> it's a little harder than a pickup. K or something. And wait for the Friedman. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's no there's no Friedman amp you can play out of. Well, I you know, I play upright down here in Nashville, you know. Oh, upright. Okay, I got you. I'm in a market for I heard a story. I was I was fishing around. Someone said in a pawn shop or something downtown, there was an old it was like army green and it was an upright base, but it was steel. It was like an old army. Oh yeah. 
war band base or something like that. But I had this dude out looking for it, but I never heard back from him whether he found it or not because he saw it. I'm like, go find that thing, a steel upright. I got to see that. What's uh-huh. that about? You know, so, but no luck. Crazy. Yeah, they make some pretty wild ones. Uh, we got a question here for Dave. Uh, from Danny Weiss. Question for Dave. Looking to get some more headroom out of my PT20. Uh, I think he means pink, uh, pink, pink taco. taco. Yeah. Uh, going to reamp it through the power station and run it through one of your V32 by 12s. How do you think that'll work? Should work well. Um, I mean, uh, you'll definitely get more headroom. I, I mean, does your PT20 have the gain structure switch? Because if it doesn't, that's a good way to get more headroom also. It lowers the overall gain of the amp. But mm-hmm. then putting it through the, the power station, yeah, you should be able to twist the knobs on the front to get the tone you want and then use the power station for the volume. Sure, yeah. it worked great. Yeah, you can even bump it up to 50 watts if you wanted to. Absolutely. Make a little <laughs> amp louder. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, okay. And then you got the question that you can order cabs empty. Yeah. That's cool. In all colors? Sure, you can order anything in any color. Eight by tens. <laughs> well, <laughs> don't have that yet. <laughs> so what's coming? coming what's coming <laughs> from Synergy? Well, I know that the ODS, right? The ODS is coming. I don't think it's called the ODS now. It's called the yeah. OD now, or um, the the Dumble module, basically. Um, what else is new? I mean, I think they have the angle module still coming, and uh, there's some more stuff on the on the uh, on the on the uh, on the horizon there. Should get Bogner to do one. Yeah, well, we've been working on that. <laughs> <laughs> that should be. We've been neat. working on that. That should be a good one. Um. Any Brian Griffin, Dave Friedman, any tips on making patch cables in a roadworthy manner? I'm currently making some square plug Megami ones. I'm looking to get it right. Well, you have to know how to solder. <laughs> That's the first thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, how to do it right? I mean, it's just it's just you know proper soldering technique and soldering the plug up. I mean, there's not. Uh, too much. I don't know what else you're asking for, really. I mean, there's and bolt it back together, and you're good to go. <clears throat> as long as you didn't heat it up too much and melt it and ruin the end. Mm-hmm. I've done that. No. <laughs> Which it's, po- it's possible to do with the square plugs. Maybe shrink wrap. Mm-hmm. You could do it. The ones he's talking about doesn't really have. A, you can. It's there's these really thin, flat, angled ends, uh-huh. and uh, it, it really there's not much room for anything on it. It's they're, they're super small. So, so there's not, not, nothing much cables, else there. Dave? Huh? Are you still doing cables? Remember you're kicking around cable, Freeman cable. Yeah, we're talking about it. We're talking about it. It's just, you know, it takes a while to get everything going. You know, it's like you get a lot of ideas and, and it's like, I meant to swipe one at NAM and I forgot. <laughs> uh, I didn't see any Freeman oh. cables at NAM. Well, I, I, had, I had made some custom ones. Oh, yeah. really? 
maybe one will magically appear in your pedal board. Wow, you never know. Yeah, it's yeah. great. Hey, no, you a, a cordless at Harpo's? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, why not, dude? Why not? <laughs> You're going wireless? I've never, yeah, I'm not really a big wireless person. Me no, either. It's just like, you know, I don't know. I don't like but it. But it's a big, it's a theater stage. I mean, it's like an aircraft carrier. You know what I mean? So it's just like, okay, whatever you got to do to do this, you know? Oh, so wow. Just, oh, so you really are going wireless. wireless. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just, uh, you know, yeah. But uh, no big deal. Or at least that's what he says do. he's going to do. Yeah. You know, no, I will. We'll I see will. how it sounds. Yeah, no, it should be all right. You know what I mean? As long as it's like within here and here, I'm good. You know what I mean? So as long as it kind of mostly works, I'll be all right. Mm. so andy pesia has a question dave uh friedman celestians coming soon too yes uh although you might wait a little while for it because i think we chose to release it at and actually start shipping at next nam not summer either winter so so you're waiting for a while Mm. But they'll be in stock and actually boxed and ready to go. So, you know, we'll, we'll, there's no wait after that. It's just uh, we might we might uh, do some other stuff released with it. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. So another question, someone says, all the, uh, I, I always say someone, the Zen Master says, uh, all the hype about creambacks, will Dave ever put them in the 4x12 cabs? I don't know if you would want to put creambacks in a 4x12 cab. They're the creambacks are cool in the in the 4x12 cab. I like the H versions in the 4x12 cabs. You can order it that way. It's it's a good combo. Hmm. They're 65 watts, right? Uh, the H's are, are 75 watts. Hmm. Okay. And uh, they sound they sound cool in a cab. That was one of those cabs. Hey, Dave. David, yeah. uh, that was one of the cabs that George Metropolis had. It was loaded with um, the Creamback H's that we liked when we were out there that one time. Yeah, no, that's cool. There was that's a one cool. cab that was sounded really good. Yeah, he's got some great stuff. He's got the Guillermo, dude. Wow. wow, yeah. Holy cats, what a guitar. Wow, Whew. man. Give oh, me really? one of those. Oh yeah, dude. No, it's for, yeah, it's like a Stradivarius or something, dude. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's hmm. very, very nice. You know, I don't know. Is it better than a '59 or? Uh, it's as good. As I wouldn't good? know. Yeah, it's got. Well, you, know, you, you played. You played one. You played a real '59. Yeah, you know, it's got. It's still got that same kind of tune and fork thing going for it. You know what I mean? When I played that guild that he had, it blew me away. It's like, wow, this is the nice Les Paul I've ever played in a long time. You know, I was bugging to play it whenever he's around. He's always got it. You know, that's a great guitar. That's awesome. Dave was talking about buying one. I kept bugging one, so he'd have one. <laughs> was that the junior you're talking about? Sorry, I was reading. No, 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 no. Oh, yeah, no, not that one. Remember, we were talking about just just some kind of Gillier and Les Paul because he's just. Oh yeah, no, I'm not buying that. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, dude. Yeah. That's, that's... <laughs> That's no, I, here's the thing. I don't like Les Pauls that much. <laughs> no, but you look, it's like, it's I just appreciate so right. If, yeah, if you wanted one, that would be the one you wanted, you know. I don't know. I don't I know. Uh, Gil Yaron. Yeah, well, tell, tell me the story about how that cat makes them. Oh, yeah. So th- that's a great, that's a great story. I don't know if we ever talked about it. Although we should have him on the show, Mark. Uh, yeah. 
So the, the, the funny, the funny story about Gilly Aaron was, um, this was told to me by Pete Thorne, I think. Yeah. And so how he, so he's this Israeli guy and he's desperate to figure out, you know, all the, the inner workings of how they made the original 59, you know, Paul's back in the day at Gibson. Mm-hmm. So a couple of the guys worked for heritage still. And, uh, so he decides um, he's got to figure out how he can talk to these guys. So he decides to um, call up and um, bullshit his way to get them on the phone with him. <laughs> so he's like, hey, yeah, I was talking to, and I don't remember their names. I was talking to so-and-so, and, uh, and he said he was going to call me back, but we got disconnected or something. So can I t- speak with him again? They're just like, oh, oh, okay, yeah, sure. And they put him on the phone, and and then he bullshits him again. He goes, yeah, man, we were talking the other day about me coming down and, and uh, uh, bringing my guitar and doing something with it, and, and they're like, um, okay, sure. You can, <laughs> yeah, you can come down tomorrow. Uh, but early in the morning, though, like 8 a.m. or something. And... Uh, so Gilly Aaron shows up at Heritage. He, he had traveled from Israel to, to Michigan, shows up at Heritage, did this whole bullshitting, got in the door, got in front of the guy, uh, the, the, the old-timer that, that had made these guitars, and he goes, all right, I got to confess. I, <laughs> I bullshitted you completely. I'm from Israel, and I really desperately want to know how you made these old Les Pauls. And the guy was like, he calls his friend in. Hey, whoever. Hey, bud, come here. You got to hear this story. (laughs) And then proceeds to spend the next two days with him, showing him every little thing that how they used to make the guitars back in the 50s. And uh, like everything, how they did the necks, everything, <laughs> and uh, and that's that's how he found out about it, huh. and from the real guys that did it. Nice, you know, it's a complete you bullshit story, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, but you play one, and it's right. You could tell this dude had uh, a true love of wanting to pursue how those things were made. Cause you pick yeah. one up. It's like, well, that, that feels the way that it's supposed to feel, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. incredible. It's a Stradivarius. Yeah. It's beautiful. Beautiful. And is he using like old wood too and everything? Yeah. He's like, yeah, he's sourced some old wood and, and he winds his own pickups and, and, and it's, it's, I mean, Pete Thorne has one. It's a beautiful guitar. It oh, sounds really? amazing. It's been in a bunch of his videos. Um, it's funny because a lot of those old PAFs, at least the way Gil makes them, the pickups are very, um, very stringy sounding. They're not, they're not that hot and they're almost telly like sounding in some respects. Um, and, 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 and when you listen to like old Jimmy Page stuff and stuff, you hear that actually, you hear some of that stuff in the, in the Les Paul tones and stuff that we knew weren't the telly. Yeah, because they weren't that hot. I mean, I mean, seven, hottest... seven, seven. Well, the eight k ish, around eight k ish. Yeah, yeah, seven five to eight three, or kind of they kind of varied wildly. 
Yeah. I mean, I've got a an antiquity that MJ made that's like maybe 8.0, 7.9, something like that. And I got to go visit her. Yeah, you need to. They're actually uh I was I was uh talking to her just the other day. Um they're going they're at the Dallas Guitar Show mm-hmm. this coming weekend. So yeah. Yeah, Seymour sent me a picture of uh, Brad Paisley was just there at their office. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that online, yeah. Yeah, they were t- they took a bunch of pictures and stuff. Yeah, and now I actually saw Seymour's doing like a uh, a video series now. Did you see that? No. Yeah, like uh, so uh, it's called Seymour's Studio. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they like ask him questions and he has some, you know, kind of like talking about his history and stuff. I was like, oh, that's cool. I'm glad that he did that. I wonder where they got that idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you said it. I didn't. <laughs> That's fine. That's cool. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm. I'm more happy power to him. That's fantastic. Yeah. You know, I'm I think, I think a guy like that needs to uh, share uh, what he's uh, experienced over the years and share the 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 pictures and share the knowledge and stuff. Otherwise, it's going to be gone. Yep. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be gone. He's a legend. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, absolutely. No, no doubt. So, um, all right, let's go back to the chat and see uh, what else we got. Um, oh, so Eddie Van Hendricks has a question. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great name. Yeah. Uh, question for Dave. Are there are the Friedman 2x12 cabinets port designed specifically for V30s? Will the port design work for other speakers? It'll work for other speakers. Uh, just so happens that cabinet sounded particularly good with the vintage 30s in it. So that's why I've left them in there. I think it, I think it sounds good that way. Okay. Uh, Dustin Wilborn has a good question, and this has been asked before. Um, I don't know if we've answered it on here, uh, but I like how he asked it. Take us into the weeds of the Butter Slacks development. So the Bill Kelleher amp. Uh, well, he had, uh, first he had a BE amp, then he had a, uh, a, a, a double J Cantrell amp. And then we kind of discussed maybe doing an amp with him. And, uh, uh, it's pretty simple. We, we, we kind of took elements from some of those other amps and some other amps he owned and kind of just all shoved them in a box. Simple. That's cool. There's not really, there's not really too, too much to it. Um, and the name came, much, that came it, from the, him. The name came from him. It was, uh, it was one of his first bands. Uh, actually, uh, his, his, his uh, friend of his nicknamed him that. One day that his friend said to him, Hey, what's up, butter slacks? Instead of <laughs> what's up, X slacks, you know? And, and 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 it just sort of stuck. So that's the that's the story from Bill. So I don't have any <laughs> that's <great>. more to add. <laughs> What's up, butter slacks? Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's great. Um, uh, let's see. Seduce kicks ass. Derek Esposito says. Eh. You guys, never heard that before, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's good to hear, right? This is the normal uh, chant at the show. 
Dan Pfeiffer. Gil would be a good guest on the, a great guest on the show. Yeah, we'll have to get him on. Mm-hmm. Is he in Israel? Is that where he's looking? No, he's he's living in Arizona now. I think. Okay. Um, Corey Brown. This is a cool question. Um, I don't know if I can tell you much. He said, "Hey, Mark, I've watched almost ep- every episode of." Tone Talk and have learned a lot about Dave, but very little about you. <laughs> uh, how about telling us your story? My story. Uh, there's a lot to my story. Um, I'm originally from New York. Uh, I won't make this a long story. I'm originally a drummer. Uh, so I've been playing drums since I was like, probably, I don't know, 16 or so. And um, and then uh, I picked up guitar maybe about less than 20 years ago. So, but I've been in a band, been back and forth in bands. I played in a band in New York City, as I mentioned before, I, where I played drums. There's a bunch of videos on YouTube of me in a band called Gumption Trap. Um, so if you want to look that up. And then, um, and then I was in a band recently, just as I was, now I'm in my middle ages, I was in a band called uh, The Grateful Dads. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, and we, uh, and we eventually changed the name to Decades. But it was just a cover band, just, uh, you know, doing rock cover stuff, 60s to 90s. So, but how I hooked up with Dave is I was on another uh, YouTube show. Dave was a guest on the show. I left that other show and then uh, Dave and I hooked up to do this show. So that's kind of a quick summary. Uh, I'm a wannabe rock star. Let's just say that I've, I've wanted, I've wanted to be in the music industry forever and to be able to do this show and have guys like you guys uh, from seduce and to be able to do the show with Dave is just a freaking honor. So um, it's been great for a year and uh, looking forward to all the other stuff that we've got going on. Um, cool. Yeah. That yeah, was, you know, all right, guys. Now give me David and Marky. Give me, uh, give me some good stories. Ah, stories there you go. Back in, in your time. Ones that won't in, in, incriminate you too much. <laughs> yeah, dude. All the ones I think of are like the worst, you know, just like, wow, <laughs> dude, you know, just bad, dude. <laughs> just young oh, guys just finding our way along here man what's this name of town we'll tell you <laughs> well any 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 fun stories with any bands that we might have might know that you guys hung out with or had some fun with we went out for a few shows with the vinnie vincent invasion huh. this whole backing band was slaughter and they already had a deal as that band but they didn't tell Vinny. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. So they had their own agenda, and he had his own, and they didn't match, and he didn't know it. And it was really funny to watch every day. It was just great. Yeah, it was good fun. <laughs> <laughs> so secretly you knew that Slaughter had a sure. deal? <laughs> oh, yeah. And every, yeah, Vinny was totally oblivious to it, and everybody else in the whole room knew exactly what was going on. Sorry, Vinny, but, you know, I watched it. I'm sorry. I was just something I saw, you know. Yeah. That was Mark Slaughter lives down here. Yeah? It was in Nashville. Yeah, yeah that was that was when they, them guards were in their heyday, you know. Yeah. Wow. That's funny. <laughs> Pull up a good story, Marky. What do you got? Come on, you got, come on dig it up. 
gosh, there's been so many different things, man. The way we looked and stuff, people were messing with us like that. I remember one time we were playing in Canada and Oh man, yeah, I know what this one is. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember walking through the crowd and the and the guys hated us, man, but the girls loved us, man. And uh some guy with the grab David because we had to walk through the crowd to get to the stage or something like that. And I just took my base and just splattered his face, man. Down <laughs> in the crowd somewhere, we just went on stage with our hair all wild and crazy and, you know, things like that have happened. Um, I was always, uh, you know, looking for fun things to do for the gang after we played shows and, you know, being in Miami or in Fort Lauderdale and, just, you know, going to casinos and all that kind of crazy stuff, meeting people and just having fun, you know. You only live once. Just doing what young guys do, dude, you know what I mean? And it was kind of like, I don't know, dude. We're driving around all over the place with a paper map, put it that way. You know what I mean? There was no, you know, Google map. You know what I mean? You're trying to find your way around the world, you know. Yeah, it was great, you know. Yeah, rubber chicken we used to shoot bottle rockets out of. You know, we terrorized everybody. I remember once we were behind a club called the 24 Carat here in Detroit, and a buddy of ours had a 67 Cadillac, and the and something like broke with the suspension, it was stuck in the parking lot. But he had just put gas in it, so he put a rag in the gas tank and tried to blow it up, but it didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, why not? Let's try. It didn't work. No, the rag went out. We kept trying to get him to go try (laughs) like. <laughs> you know, that's so <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> so checking the show, you know, let's blow up a car. Sure, yeah, why not? Yeah, good stuff. It's not like the movies. <laughs> it takes a little effort. I'm sure. I'm sure there's some more good ones. Come on. Jeez, I don't know. I think that's the one thing I miss. It's like you can you can bitch about having all the digital stuff and stuff now. But man, I wish we would have had it back then so we would have captured all that stuff. I wish I had more pictures and more videos of what all that was back then because mm-hmm. you really don't, you know, and now everybody has everything now, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It would have been good. Hell, I didn't get our own, our own albums, man. I bought my one CD at a pawn shop in North Carolina. I walk up to the guy and says, Hey, man, how much is for this? I said, I get it cheaper because it's me. He's like, No, $5. whatever you know it's like like you're saying david you don't save that kind of stuff you know unless people give it to you you i saw somebody selling this new cd on ebay for 250 bucks and i i sent a message to the guy going dude if you sell this fucking thing you owe me lunch dude (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's great that's for sure totally hey so uh i want to get their name who asked this um let me get it uh, where is it? Danny Weiss, where's the best place to find Seducer's album if we want to get familiar? You guys on iTunes? Sure. Uh, it's going to be all soon. Uh, yeah, that's all happening in the next couple weeks here. They're pressing vinyl as we speak, and I think the digital's going up at the same time that the record comes out, actually. So right around the corner here, right in a, right in a few weeks soon here. There's tons of stuff on YouTube. If you just type in, like, uh, Seduce Detroit, all kinds of music comes up. Yeah, some of it good, some of it bad. You know, I mean, tons I know, of dude, tons of live know. shows on there, to, uh, the album and stuff. But I mean, you know, the, like the new stuff will come out and it'll be available again. So, and then hopefully the next Call record. 
I still want to get a turntable, Dave. You got me on the turntable bender now. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm going to give you that receiver, so. Oh, that'd be great, dude. So You'll see this thing. Marquis got the pimping, like, 70s Marantz, big old huge thing. It's like, oh, oh yeah. That, dude, that's great. With the blue light and the big roller wheel for the tuner. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm talking about? It's like the total, like, you know, Hugh Hefner, James Bond, Playboy stereo receiver. Totally Tell cool. you, man, yeah. you can go get that U-turn audio turntable. It's going to be 150 bucks or something. It's really good. Yeah, I'm in, dude. No, Sounds good. Not too bad. Yeah, and great. then you find yourself some speakers. <laughs> Dave, Dave called me up and he sounded like 15 going through his record collection when his cable went out a couple weeks back. It was great. Yeah, it was funny. Yeah. Oh, it was great. We were at the I, National Flea Market this last weekend and, and they had an old silver tone with the radio and like two 12-inch speakers in his little console. The wood was beautiful and everything worked on the thing. You only wanted 100 bucks for it. Should have bought it. Yeah. Huh? Did you buy yeah. it? No, I'm, I don't need that right now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, we have the next one in California. I mean, you know, recently, like like Dave was talking recently, I, I finally, I'd been doing this for a while, but I finally actually got up my the stereo system back up and going with the turntable and everything. And then you put on vinyl for the first time in a million years, and then you listen to it and you're like, oh yeah, mm -hmm. that's what it's supposed to sound like. <laughs> you totally forget. See, I've almost gone down this rabbit hole like 50 times already. Oh, you need to where, go down the rabbit hole. Ah, uh, but it's just going to cost so much money just to rebuy all these albums. Oh, uh, yeah, but it's kind of fun. Then you hunt them out, find them on eBay, you find them on, you know, like, it's kind of fun. Yeah, that's true. You don't have to do it all at once. Just get some or, or you know, you go to flea markets or stuff or things like that where the, a lot of times they'll sell old vinyl and stuff. I don't know if they have mm -hmm. that shit down by you. Uh, it's in the worst part of town, but yeah. <laughs> well, yeah okay, maybe you get some good stuff then. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know? Um, yeah, I, I, I really have wanted to get a record player. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, absolutely. As soon as you put that here, as soon as you put that vinyl on for the first time, you're just like, oh yeah, now I totally remember. <laughs> yeah. And it was really enjoyable. So, hmm. what did yeah, you listen to? Uh, I think I put out a Van Halen record or something first. <laughs> uh, of course, uh, Van Halen two or something. Mm -hmm. I think I put on. I think that was the first record I stuck on because that's the first one I accidentally just pulled out. So I was like, "Oh, all right, that'll work." <laughs> you can't say no to that. I got no. a track. <laughs> A track. I was just I was flashing back on Van Halen too. I stood in the in the orchestra pit at Masonic Temple for them guys doing that tour. You it was great, bastard. No, it's great. <laughs> it's like microphone stand, right? Yeah, it was like, uh, you know at their peak, totally just at wow. their peak. What what a show! What a show! Oh yeah, man, walk out, play, light up the sky, blow the place up, just destroyed. First song, destroyed. <laughs> yeah, incredible. Yeah, incredible. I can That's only imagine. I love that song. Love that song. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 God, it was just such on such a level you couldn't even imagine it. Watching that all happen for real. I watched an interview with uh, David Lee Roth on Joe Rogan's podcast a week or so ago. You know, and he was talking about it was like to be them back then. You know, it's like man, too huge, hmm. too huge. I didn't know David Lee Roth was on uh, Joe Rogan. Yeah, it was really good. He's a funny guy. You know, yeah, it's good to watch. 
Huh. <laughs> I'll check that out. I saw that uh, David Lee Roth just performed solo somewhere in like Texas or something for like some benefit or something like that. Oh yeah. yeah. I was like, wow. I know he has another record that John five did with him. Yeah. Hasn't come out something. So well, hopefully he'll do something. Wolfgang's supposed to come out with an album. Yeah. Really? Wow. Yeah. He played all the instruments on it. Everything. Huh. Yep. Wow. But who knows if it when if and when it's coming out? That's crazy. Yeah, he's pulling a prince. (laughs) (laughs) He'll just be known as Wolfgang. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Someone wrote, "Doesn't David Lee Roth live in Japan now?" He Uh, was. Ice coffee tones. He was. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where yeah, he, he said he was there for a while learning martial arts or some shit. He moved over there for a while. And he was getting tattooed state. everywhere. Yeah. He yeah. literally got sleeves and like a vest. Yeah. Tattooed. Really? Yeah. Wow. Crazy. And he was doing it. Uh, I read it was like the traditional way of tattooing where they actually like take a stick tick, and tick, 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 tick. Yeah. Great. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Crazy. I mean, I, I, I've had a, you know, Dave, you've never had a tattoo, right? No, but I'm planning on getting one. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Of what? Uh, that, that's, I still don't know. Oh. <laughs> and see, that's the biggest choice. Know. That's the biggest thing. <laughs> yeah, I still don't know. I know who's going to do it, though. Oh, yeah? Bob Tyrell. There you go. <laughs> nah, I just he's a lefty too. We already we already discussed with Bob about that in Nam. Yep. Yep. He he was at the last Nam again uh, in in the booth and the one previous too. And uh, I seen the picture of you guys. Yeah. So, and and Bob's out here half the time, and in Detroit the other half, and then traveling the rest of the time. So, he's like, yeah, he'll do it. So. Oh, Why not? One of the best in the business. He's the man. He he does. He's known for black and white uh, uh, portrait style stuff mostly, uh, but uh, black and white and more horror themed kind of stuff too. Hmm. So, like, if you want like a really good Frankenstein or something, wants <laughs> to finish my arm all horror stuff. Oh yeah, I got Bella Lugosi up here, you know. Oh, that he should finish it up. Yeah, what's his what's his name? Bob Tyrell, you said. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's a lefty famous. player too. He's famous. Huh. Okay. He was a judge on that Ink Master and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, yeah. He's he's been around and uh, he's he's amazing at at his uh, at what he does. The specific, you know, it's very specific. It's black and white and portrait right. style things are real realistic style. More horror themed uh, stuff too. Really cool. Very cool. That's cool. Yeah, there's a guy out in California also, uh, Nico Hurtado. Have you heard of that? Oh, guy? he's fantastic. Oh my god, Hurtado or whatever, Nico. Yeah. So he's yeah. like the he's he's like the Bob Tyrell of color. Color. Yeah. Okay. I gotcha. Yeah. So so um, Nico's amazing. 
Where yeah. is he now? I mean, he was out here. He was in California. I don't know where he is. Yeah, he, he was, was like in the, Apple Valley, in California, for a while. Something but... called Black Anchor, Anchor Collective, or something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's amazing. You guys need Chuck here, man. He's got one by everybody. Chuck's got some vision <laughs> tattoos by everybody. This one's by this dude. This one's by that dude. Yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> yeah, that's his own world. Well, yeah, I mean, Chuck, Chuck bowed out because he had to wake up early. Yeah, no, dude. Too bad, man. He's got fucking so much shit, dude. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, that's all right. We'll have to give him shit. <laughs> it's like come on man i've been uh, i've been doing this i'd be like 1 30 in the morning hanging out with dave i'm like i gotta get up tomorrow um that's cool uh yeah it's you know so who else has tattoos mark you've got tattoos you said yeah yeah i do got some stuff so, on my back and my arms you know all right, so you know, I mean, it could it could hurt, right? Um, but to do it that way, like the traditional—that's just crazy. That's that crazy. just that it's just looks like it hurts. You know? Yeah, it's insane. Yeah. And I I don't whatever floats your boat, I guess. But you know, not nah, not for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I when I started getting the work back here, it was killing. I was just like, all right. I'm, <laughs> I'm done. I'm yeah, after eight hours of a needle going in your arm, you're like your ha- arm's hamburger, you know, and it's just like oh. yeah, exactly. That's what it is. You know, yeah, you got to break it up into some s- smaller sessions. That's what I was doing. I would do it like, all right, let's do it all in one in one day, eight mm-hmm. hours. Yeah, mm-hmm. all, on my, all on my inner arm. Ah, uh, oh, ouch. Yeah, that was brutal. So, um. It's so okay. where are you gonna where are you where are you gonna get it, Dave? Probably on the inner inner arm, like forearm. Forearm. Oh, yeah. oh, wow! Can't conceal that. Don't want to. There you go. Cool. <laughs> yeah, you know, like I, when I had this done, it was a little longer than a sleeve. You know, like a like a t shirt. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, man, I didn't plan that one out too good. i was like i i should have planned that one out better but that's all right whatever one day maybe i'll finish it off all the way down um let's see if there's any uh questions timothy pierce what's up buddy uh dave freeman any new pedals or amps coming soon well we already got a bunch of stuff still coming so uh so if you don't know, there's a wah and there's uh, there's pickups and there's speakers and there's two new pedals and there's uh, another monitor cabinet that we make for modelers and uh, yeah the uh, the DP well the B fifty came out yeah the B fifty had come out and it's this insanely crazy can't make enough of them hit really. Um, yeah, it's like crazy. <laughs> no one can keep them in stock, and I'm just like looking at the numbers of how many we've made so far, and it's like, wow, okay. <laughs> now, is it taking? Uh, is the 100 taking the back seat to that, or are you still doing? Oh yeah. Anything? So well, it's just kind of re- it's kind of replacing the 100. Well, just the features. I mean, we haven't done a B50 or B100 Deluxe yet, but that you know that will happen eventually. Right. Now you know here. Here's an interesting qu- 
question that's come up and somebody mentioned this to me. I won't bring up their name, but somebody brought this up to me at NAM, and they were like, you know, I'd like you to ask Dave why he keeps updating his circuits. You know, I just got the amp like a year ago and, uh, and now I feel like I have to get the, the next newest thing. He's like, why does he do that? And I'm like, because he has a business. <laughs> uh, and that's what people do. Um, <laughs> well, you don't have to get the next best thing, but you know, right. I, well, you know, the B50 Deluxe was just, you know, basically it came about because, well, it originally came about as I was trying to do an amp for Sweetwater for an exclusive. And then I wound up making that amp and um, that was too good to be a exclusive. Um, meaning, meaning it was like, wow, you know, I can't just limit this to one dealer. That's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, so they got exclusive for a little while, and then uh, we, uh, you know, brought it out. Basically, it's all the stuff that I would do to other amps that people would ask me to do. I can't wait to hear that deluxe. Yeah, that sounds great, dude. That sounds great. It really does. And, and Dave's is not quite a deluxe. It's like a super deluxe. Yeah. Oh yeah. So tell us, tell us. Oh, you you want to save the rig rundown for Pete? No, man. It's it's just a little different. Just slightly tweaked. Voice differently, or yeah, just different? Slightly voiced differently. Oh, that's cool. Sounds great. With him so, in mind. So David, you're going to be running that with the small box together? Yeah, just with a splitter. Yeah, just one on one side, one on one cab, one on the other. Yeah, sounds great. Yeah, it's easy, sound, you know. I mean, it's not really—it's awesome. not really super complicated. More, more power than complexity. I mean, it's a very simple thing, but it sounds good when you put them together, you know. Plus, I kind of run the small box weird. I run like a compressor through the effects loop, so it's kind of got is its own whole thing going. So you just try and find two good tones that blend good. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Just a three yeah. piece. We're trying to make it sound thicker. You know, whatever you can do helps. You know. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Big and ripping. And what yeah. do you do? You, uh, Dave mentioned you were getting the pedal board. What pedals are you using? Uh, just like a, <laughs> right, yeah, splitter. Uh, what a TC Electronics Polytune and uh, let me see Boss. a G50 Wireless. Yeah, uh, what, what else to put on there? Oh, the uh, the Boss OD DD500 Boss Delay DD500 and uh, what's the boost? Oh, just the Buxom Boost is on there Buxom boost. in case. And then we have, uh, and then he's got a, a, a Univibe. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, real simple. Real, real, you know, nothing super complicated. You know, I don't know. I'm just, not, I'm not all about that. You know, I kind of, I don't know. I like it streamlined, you know. Mm-hmm. Are you running the DD500 through the loop? Is that what you're doing? Uh, one of them. Yeah. 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 Probably the B Deluxe. Very yeah. cool. I'm looking forward to it. It's kind of like having a new race car. Let's go run the shit out of this thing. You know, it's going to be great, dude. Cause <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. It, you know, yeah, I'll set love- this shit up and let's see what it'll do. You know, and you really yeah, get to definitely. dial it in because on the day before. So, yeah, yeah, no, it'll be fine. I'm looking forward to it. You know, it's a, you know, I don't know, man. Most of the time, my my stuff is always kind of like, you know, but uh, you know, it's nice being able to play out of stuff like this as opposed to what I'm, I'm I usually use. Yeah, it's incredible. That's cool. And Mark, what about you? What are you going to be playing through? Well, I have tons of different bass rigs, but to match David's side, I'm bringing uh, 
five Marshall cabinets. All my cabinets are uh, re-engineered 412s with base ports and 500-watt base speakers. Uh, so I'm going to probably play out of two 412s and uh, two 412 slants. <laughs> and I use a – I got a really rare Marshall. It's like the uh, Marshall version of an SVT. And uh, it's like close to like a um, – JCM 800, but it's like 400 watts. I use it quite clean. Then I use a, a Super Bass 100 Marshall for my Dirty Tone, and I mix the two of those together. So it's like kind of Lemmy meets Geezer Butler. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> That's Can't bad. wait to hear that with all the those cabs. Yeah. That's That'll killer. Then when we did play with... you got to be the space fillers, man. Yeah, you know, you got to fill space, man. Three-piece, yeah, fill space. You have to, you know. It's going to sound monstrous. Yeah. I used to have a rack that I had a crown, and I used to subharmonic that into an 18 with a DVX boombox. So all my lowers would go through the 18 to the crown. So I'd have like a three-way system, but it just gets too much to carry, you know. So Yeah, and you're traveling all the way from Nashville to Detroit. How far of a ride is that? About eight hours. That's not bad. Seven on the way back because you gain an hour, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's a nice ride. That's but, cool. uh, yeah, I just load everything up in the back of my Suburban, and here we go, you know. <laughs> there you go. Um, We're driving a lot of it this time. Yeah, well, the last couple of shows we did, I just brought a couple – uh, Ampeg Ford 10 cabinets and stick them in the back of the car so everything fit in the car, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not now you got to drive the gas guzzler. Yeah. It's worth it. It's worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Hell, Good. all I used out here is my Ampegs and my fenders and stuff like that. I don't leave those cabinets and stuff up in Detroit. You know? Yeah, right? Oh. <laughs> Careful, Dave. You might have cabinets in your garage. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> Got me thinking now. Hey, hmm. in a pretty big garage. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's lots of room around here, man. Yeah, it's all right. Well, I don't know. I got to have my stuff, man. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm bringing it back home. I'm I know. Here. I'm like that too. Yeah. It's like no, I'll, I, I'm going to miss it. <laughs> 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 Um, so we got a question from Ardashir Mystery. Can you please ask Dave if any bassist used gear made for guitars by him? Thank you. Huh? Wait, what? Any, Are, bass- a, a, any bassist using your guitar gear? Not that I'm currently aware of. I've seen Actually, a couple. I have, I've had, I have heard someone was telling me that they were using a dirty Shirley for bass, uh, which which I would think would be good, and and some of the pedals I've seen people use. Mm-hmm. I yeah. used I used the Runt direct out into my computer. I did what Michael Nielsen did once. Yeah, yeah, no, that works. Yeah, that's I, a cool bass sound, actually. Yeah, it worked. Mm-hmm. Sounded good. So yeah, I mean, it can happen. Um, Ice Coffee Tones, has Dave ever had any dealings with Richie Kotzen? Uh, I've done an app repair for him once. <laughs> That's about it. Uh, Winery Dogs, great record. 
Yeah, yeah. man. Richie's great. Yeah. Who knew he could yeah. sing like that? Yeah, he's oh, amazing. yeah. No shit, dude. Yeah, yeah. Effortless. I was like, wow, that, he's got some voice. It's too bad, too, because like no one knew that. Um, any of you think that there will be one more Van Halen tour? My answer is no. Mm. No. Good question. If there was, it wouldn't be the same. You know, well, it hasn't been the same, <laughs> right? It's yeah. not the same anyway. I mean, even if they uh, were to get Michael Anthony back, and even if they got Sammy, or you know, I don't know, just you know, like I, I said to my wife just recently, I'm like, you know what? I went to the 2007 show. I went to 2012. They came out with another album. I never thought any of that shit was going to happen. So I'm pretty happy as it is as a fan. I mean, I wish I wish they would have done a little bit more like the for, for the 40th anniversary of the first album, like done something for that. It would have been cool. How many years? 40 years. Since the first Van Halen record. Yep, 78. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> God. Yeah, right? It's crazy. That's fucking, oh my God. Dude. That'll make you feel old. <laughs> I was standing. Dude, I remember, oh, I was standing. dude I remember where I was standing when I first heard that record. I can't believe it was that long ago. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. It's crazy. It is wow. crazy. Yeah. Wow. That sucks. Thanks for the question. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is crazy. Uh, Dan Pfeiffer wants to know no orgy stories from Seduce? <laughs> no, I don't know, man. Yeah, that's maybe that nothing can be called. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like who wants to go into all that stuff, man? You know, I don't know, dude. Yeah, there's some pretty gruesome <laughs> ones, I guess. You know, I don't know. You know, just tell it was a different that. time back then, dude. Right, it's not know? sex talk, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. Wow. Here's a good one. Question for Dave Black: What is your best starstruck moment meeting one of your favorite idols? David Freeman, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> there you go. <coughs> I got a good one. Give me a sec. Oh, I got them all choked up. <laughs> when I was a kid, I was in elementary school, and I went to a Halloween party in elementary school in sixth grade, and a kid brought a copy of Black Sabbath's Master Reality to the, the elementary school Halloween party. I heard Sweetly by Black Sabbath. So I went home, and that Christmas, I asked my folks for that cassette tape. It was the first cassette tape I ever had. And it was like I had it for years and years and years and years. Mm-hmm. More years go by, and I got to end up opening for him at DTE. So I'm standing there smoking a cigarette out back after the show, and Geezer and Tony come walking up and said hello and whatever. And it just blew me away there for a second that I was standing there talking to the dudes that were on the tape that I used to sit on the edge of my bed and try and figure out how to play. Mm-hmm. And it was them. So I went all the way from the edge of my bed to talking to the dude that was on the tape. And it freaks me out. You know, that's like, that's a long, I grew up in the sticks. That's a long leap from where I grew up to playing a show with Black Sabbath, the dudes that were on the tape. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. My best yeah, that's great. That is killer. What about you, Mark? Chills, dude. Oh, man, being down here in Nashville, I run into people every damn day. You know, yeah. there's a lot of world-class players down here, but I got a good story, you know. 
at this one club and I'm with my girl and, and I disappear like I usually do. And she's like, where the hell Mark go? And she's looking around for me. He's probably out there smoking or something. And, uh, she sees me out there. He's like, Oh, he's such a Mark's such a nice guy. He's out there talking to that homeless guy, you know? So a half hour goes by 45 minutes. She's like, I'm going to go out there and see what the hell he's doing. And I'm out there talking to the same guy. He's rolling his own cigarettes, drinking, drinking uh past blue ribbon, just grubby looking like that. And she's like, Man, you're so nice talking to that guy. I said, honey, that was Roger Glover from Deep Purple. <laughs> Just hanging out, you know? That's awesome. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you want another one? I got another one. There you okay. go. You want one? Uh, the Ramones were playing the State Theater in Detroit. <laughs> so we went down there. And... uh this manager guy's like, so do you want to meet him? And we're like, yeah, sure. So we go backstage and we're in the Ramones' dressing room. And they're in the next dressing room over doing an interview. And the Ramones, you know, I used to I used to put the Ramones' It's Alive in my ghetto blaster in my bed. And I'd rewind before I went to sleep. And I'd wake up in the morning and light a cigarette and hit play. And the Ramones would start my day every day for like a year. It was crazy. <laughs> every day, that's how I started my day was with that one tape. So I'm in the Ramones' dressing room, and Joey Ramone had these bitchin' white leather gloves with the black piping around the fingers, you know? And I saw him, and I grabbed him, and I stuck him in my pocket. I'm like, I got fucking Joey Ramones' gloves. How cool is that? <laughs> so I thought for a second, I'm like, wow, dude, you listen to this dude's tape every day. You love this band. These guys are one of your favorites. You're going to steal his shit. So I reached in my pocket, and I put his gloves back on the table, and we walked out, you know? So a couple months go by, and we actually played the first MTV live video simulcast with White Lion at the Ritz in New York. So Joey Ramone shows up, and I walk up to him, and I'm like, dude, I was going to steal your white gloves in Detroit, but I didn't because I like your band so much. So he bought me a fucking gin and tonic, and we sat there bullshit at the bar about Pontiac GTOs and shit like that. It was great. So I got to meet him and hang out with him because I didn't steal his shit. It was good. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to ruin that story, but me being the dad I was, I'm the one that told you, David, put his fucking gloves down. Did you? I don't remember. Yeah. See, Big Brother in action. Yeah. yeah. yeah that ain't cool, man. Put his fucking gloves down. Yeah, dude. Yeah. It would have been a good trophy, though, you got to admit. You know? Oh, but, yeah. 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 Yeah, I remember being a kid being at Masonic Temple, going backstage looking at all stuff like that, and I and Rush was playing. And I looked down the hallway and I seen their anvil cases full of their, their costumes, outfits, whatever you want to call it. And I go in and it was like the their green room or whatever like that. And all their stuff was there and all their Getty Lee bass and Alex Lifeson guitars were there. And I was with two of my buddies and I was playing Getty's Lee Rickenbacker and he had that one fender that was cut up like a like a teardrop or whatever. And I was playing that and there's an Fire exit right there. And I'm like, let's do it, man. And we did. <laughs> so, you, didn't, you didn't do it. No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Those kind of things happen, you know? Yeah, that's, that's crazy, man. When, yeah, when people. Do, yeah, it's true. That's true. Yeah, we actually. Uh, well, I guess we can't really talk about that, Dave, right? <laughs> oh, the thing. Yeah, right, right. The guitar. Are we not able to talk about that? Oh, that guitar. 
No. You could do it without talking about whose it is, without the names. We, we could. Or the names have been changed Probably. to protect the innocence. I don't see why not. Well, unless yeah, you want so, to save it. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll we'll save who who it is, but just somebody recently had gotten a guitar back that was stolen from them uh, after a long time, uh, and it's a pretty famous guitar. We'll we'll expose the whole story at once at some point, but uh, yeah, very cool. And they got the guitar back, so super cool. But it's yeah, it definitely sucks when someone steals your shit. So speaking that, speaking of that, I, I have to tell you something later. Okay. About the thing, show. Okay, yeah. Well, I'm in the dark here. I'm going to have to find out in Detroit. Yeah. Uh, we'll tell you afterward. When we we'll, get tell, we'll tell you when we go off the air. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. I can't, yeah, sorry, but yeah, we'll, we'll, it will be a, a future Tone Talk show. Cool. Wow, stay tuned next week. Yeah, there you yeah, go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um. So, uh, who asked? Eric Tripton, you guys use Motor City pickups. I, I don't, but I've heard good things. I, I met have. that cat. He's a great dude. Yeah, I have. Wade's, Wade's a cool dude. Um, and I, I still I have many guitars in my shop that have those pickups in it. So, they're great pickups. He, he does great stuff. Uh, Edved796, Dave Freeman, thoughts on Trainer YBA1? What sort of mods have you done on them, if any? I've only modded a couple of them. I've serviced a bunch of them. Uh, I, I've done typical kind of mods to them, but you know they're kind of a Marshall sort of base circuit, so you can kind of you can kind of do whatever to them. That's they the turn out pretty good. Hmm? That's the head I got. It's the YBA one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. The Stoner Rock Special. <laughs> Absolutely. Or yeah. or you don't or you don't get anything. You just buy one of my BEOD pedals, put it into the front of that thing, and there you go. Mm. It's modded. That's true. L. Scott Music, Dave Friedman. So, would you say the Synergy Dirty Shirt, Dirty Shirt? I'm going to say DS module would be. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't talk. I can't fucking talk tonight. Would be a good uh, bass preamp sound. Uh good question. Haven't tried it. Probably. Probably, yeah. Sure. You know what, El Scott? I'll give that a try because I actually have the Dirty Shirley module um, and I have a bass. There you go. I'll give it a try. Uh, interesting. Um, okay. Andy Pesia, I have a second degree black belt. Good stuff. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, 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 that's my favorite. The second degree black belt? Yeah, that's the one. What is that? Um. Just a really open sounding, percussive, uh, punchy oh, rock style PAF. Oh, it's the pickup from uh, Motor City. Motor pickup. City pickups. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Ah. Okay. Yeah. Great pickup. That's cool. Yeah, I was uh, gonna have um, MJ make me a custom pickup. There's so many options now, but I, I definitely want to get one of the one of the Friedman pickups too. After uh, she was talking good, about man. It, if, after after she was talking about her tamales, I just want her tamales. Yes, <laughs> totally. Her world famous tamales. And Brad Paisley sat down and had tamales with her. I saw. So, yeah, I yeah. definitely want to so, definitely want to do that. 
I got to go up there. You definitely should. Um, the Zen Master, with Tool coming out with a new album, has there been a lot of requests for Adam Jones amp modifications lately? No. It's not really modifications, per se. It's a old Marshall with a couple little component changes. Four input Marshall, they cranks. So, sounds really good, though. Hmm. Uh, and L. Scott, the Dirty Shirley is a good rock blues amp. There's no doubt about it. It can do blues. It can. I mean, that's my opinion. I don't. I, I mean, I have the Synergy module, so I can only speak for the Synergy module, not the actual amp itself. So Dave, the amp is wicked uh, with the Buxom Boost in front of it. If mm. you want to make it into something that it's not, it has a, a really cool. If you're gonna if you're gonna make it tighter and more more vicious it has a really cool feel to it because of the tube rectifier and stuff when you do it with that pedal it's like crazy good it's like my favorite cool uh tylenol 88 hey dave now i don't know um i think everybody's amps are different but what do you think of bogner's amps compared to yours they sound different Wow. <laughs> uh, Bogner makes a good amp. Uh, you know, it's just a different voice. Yep. Yep. Different voices, different, you know, different recipe, different, uh, different kind make, of pizza. You know what I mean? Makes, he makes good stuff. Different engine. Yeah. Different yeah. engine. Different engine. Yeah. Different car. Yeah. It's a car, but it's a different car. But it's a high end car. So yeah, it's good stuff. fast car, fast car. Um, <laughs> when will the two rock guys be on Tone Talk? I'd love to have them on. I don't even know who the two rock guys are anymore. Well, I don't know who they are either, but I know that they make good stuff. So yeah, but, um, Bogners are very dark to my ear. I, you know, I've not played through a lot of Bogners myself, so I can't answer. Yeah, like. But, a, if you're talking about an ecstasy amp, yeah, it's, it's a pretty dark sounding amp. You have to turn up the presence a lot on it to get it to crisp up. Um, yeah, people are talking about vinyl. I missed the scratches on vinyl, Ice Coffee Tone said. I was thinking that earlier, the scratches yeah. and the pops. The yeah. pops, the scratches, yeah. I remember listening, one of my favorite albums of listening – uh, actually, the album was Physical Graffiti. Sure. Yeah, oh. definitely, man. Yeah. And when, when it would get quiet, like listening to like uh, 10 Years Gone, and you can, you know, you just hear a little bit of the guitar, but it, you, but you, you hear like the album moving and everything. And, you know, yeah. It's, yeah. It's just. Yeah. The, the, the problem was. Well, that was the a wave of sentimentality there, man. That was great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> Thanks. Wow. Yeah, it just like brought me back. Yeah. Sure. Well, see, there you go. You need you need the vinyl setup. I do, I do. I just got to find a place for it. All my records would skip before the solo because you drop the needle down a million times in front of it, trying to figure <laughs> it out. You know? Yeah, that's great. Back yeah, when it was hard to figure things out. Oh, dude, yeah, my shit was all destroyed. No one would loan me their records because I wrecked them all. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, that's funny. Great, about so, so here, here's a question for you, David. 
What? what what was the secret to the Sidhu's guitar tone? I recall a compressor being part of it. Oh, you want you want me to lay it out there? Well, you can lay it out there if you want. Well, I don't really know how it works. That's how come I met Dave because he was curious how it worked. You know what I mean? Like I say, this guy, you know, when I met Mark, it's like, okay, get get an old Marshall, and then we'll just it's a, it's an old DBX uh, one eighteen one nineteen like a stereo compressor. So they put like a low level effects loop in it and you just plug the stereo compressor on the back and the preamp in it out and it sounds great. But it's, it's I don't know. Yeah. It, to be a little you know, more specific, of, you know. To be a little more, I can be a little more specific with that. It's, it's, it's basically, it was, it was an amp. They took an old Plexi, they added a, a post-phase inverter master volume on it and then put a passive insert loop right before, between the preamp and the power amp. And then this this compressor was just getting beat to death. <laughs> it was just getting slammed and beat to death. And then uh, you know the master came after it. So, um, so you got a lot of um, gain. It, th- that was adding the gain to the the, the tone. Um, Dude, that cush, that honk, 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 honk. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was. It's a cool sound. Sure. You know, it's, it's an old school trick, man. A lot of guys did it before me, and Marky turned me on to it. So it's just something I picked up and used for a long but no time. But you know? nowhere other than Detroit is it known. Yeah, isn't that weird? <laughs> isn't that weird? Yeah. Nowhere other than Detroit. Yeah, yeah it's funny. You, you get these old DBXs on eBay, and they still got the wood sides on them and shit. It's like old school stereo shit, you know? Yeah, it works. You know. mm-hmm. That's the East Side Detroit thing, man. All the guys from the, that, that I used to watch when I first started playing were doing that trick. And that's why I turned David onto it. Yeah. And Fast Eddie over there on the East Side was the one that was doing it, you know, rewriting our amps for him. So, the rest is history, man. Yeah, that's 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 the tail end of the generation before us, you know. Yeah. Fast Eddie was the guy, he would hot rod Marshalls. But he would custom do like a tone wheels and a Hammond B3 with a razor blade and stuff like that. Who hot rods B3s anymore? You know what I mean? It's like there, <laughs> yeah. there aren't guys like that anymore. You know, maybe maybe somewhere art. there are, but not many. You know, yeah, yeah. You walk into shop. The first time I walked into shop, uh, Ted Nugent's rig was in there. Four dual showmans with four twins on top of them, and you walk in and just go, "Wow, yeah." Hmm. It, it was like a hoarder's house, and you walked to this guy's shop. It was like a, a pathway, probably about maybe two feet wide, with the amps to the ceiling. And you'd walk, and then you'd yeah, find shit there. everywhere. Yeah, like, kind of like, like a Clint Eastwood in uh, Gran Torino kind of character. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Good stuff. I love places like that where you can barely walk, where they got packed to the gills. Oh, yeah. He's sitting at his bench and there's like a bottle of wild turkey sitting there and he's got the calendar where you pick up the clear piece and the chick's bathing suit comes up with it. You know, yeah. <laughs> Classic shit, dude. Classic shit. That's you know? great. Yeah. That, and that was back when, you know, I don't know, man. I paid $300, bu- or $300 worth for that Marshall. And this had the original cover and everything with it. I still have the cover for it. It's a 68 or a 69, something like that. SLA serial number. Yeah. Like one of the right ones. But it was just a Marshall back then. It didn't really matter. It wasn't worth anything back then like it is now. You know? Right. I don't know. I, I didn't really know how the loop worked. And 
Dave's like, how does it work? And Jimbo and him and me were going back and forth and we crack it open when he comes by my place to take some pictures of it. He's like, huh, that's all. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. God. The secret is out. Yeah. Jim Becker. What's up, Jim? Uh, question for Dave. Why in your four by twelves you didn't X pattern the speakers? It's a good question. I, I, I wondered that myself. Because uh, um, finished thirties have a kind of a, a, a harsh upper mid, pokey sort of sound, and uh, I just kind of thought that the twenty fives on top would be a, a better choice because uh, you have the um, it's a little more friendly on the ear. It's a little nicer on the ear, and then you got the push down low. Cool. I know the cabinet sounds awesome. That's all I can tell you. Yeah, it's worked. People seem to like it. Yeah, <laughs> sounds great. I got a two twelve uh, little Marshall that's got vintage thirties in there, and, and I put that uh, small box to it in rules. Yeah, <laughs> Kenny, when you say Kenny is, you know. Yeah. Way better than what he plays on. Well, at least he's got it now. <laughs> Uh, David Keir, any stories about Pellerito guitars and basses from back in the day? Pellerito, Tom Pellerito, sure. Yeah, Park yeah, Prater. Since then. Yeah, Park Prater, yeah. He still does my stuff to this day, you know what I mean? Tom still helps me with everything, you know, just because he's great. He's a, he's a great guy. I'm glad I got to meet him, too. Yeah, just another cat we met along the way, but he still works on all my stuff. Well, that's cool. He's the one that built our uh, custom V's on our first album. Yeah. He does all kinds of stuff. He's good. And we got a question from the Zen Master. Speaking about Detroit, interesting that Echo Park moved his guitar making to there. Does Dave talk with Gabriel? Uh, it's funny. I, I, I don't, I've never personally met him, although I just reached out uh, – uh, I mean, we know who each other is, and, and I just reached out to him because I'm going to be there uh, several days you know, early before this show. And I'm like, hey, man, I want to come see your shop. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see what you're making. And so he, he said, look him up when he got in town and we'll go check it out. Cool. So, you want to go, Dan? coming to Detroit. Everybody's moving to Detroit. Oh, yeah, sure, I'll go. Yeah, a buddy of mine went down there to see what they're up to, and they're doing mostly repairs and stuff now. They're still trying to get it. Nah, he's, he's building uh, a bunch uh, now. Yeah. Oh, I, cool. I saw yeah. some new pictures of stuff he was right in the middle of building, so. Nice, good. Yeah. Every little bit around here, the better, you know. Come on, you know. Yeah. Uh, DFW listener, Dave, can 5881s be used in the small box 50? Sure. Just rebias. Yeah. Um, Artist year mystery. How about Bar Bob Bradshaw and Tone Talk? Yeah, yep. he'd be he'd be great. I got his number. I'll talk to him. I'll see. I haven't heard, I haven't heard that name in forever. Yeah, that's great. That's yeah, cool. that'd be great. He's in. He's in. Uh, he moved to Pennsylvania. Yeah. So who? Someone wrote to us and said that he's got some really cool thing happening out there. Yeah. Well, there's this place there. Um, God, what's it called? Um, there's this whole little compound there. A lot of a lot of touring guys, for some reason, have resided in this town, and they created a whole production facility there. And uh, so there's like a whole like 
Like, for instance, Allison Chains went there from here to do the production rehearsals. Hmm. So there's this whole, like, in this town, it's all full of music people and roadies and stuff and that, that, that do this stuff, and they all choose to live in this town, and they have this production facility there that Claire Brothers is there and, and a whole bunch of different sound companies. and So he moved there. Very cool. Yeah, I remember them saying, "Yeah, you got to get out there if you go out there." Um, so, uh, hey, fellas, John Kenny, I miss Fast Eddie's place. Such history. John Kenny, what's up, John Kenny? I remember John Kenny. Uh, David Keir wrote, "You just gave the secret recipe of tone." <laughs> <laughs> it's funny though, you know. It was the whip tone back then, but you can plug straight into the B50 Deluxe, and it's apples and apples. You know what I mean? You're talking degrees. You know what I mean? Things have come a long way since then. You know, I don't know. I don't know. To me. Especially the one I made for you. Yeah. You know, yeah. 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 Uh, Frank Alexander Jr., um, just notice the new Marshall Origin amps do not have a standby switch. Why not? With many question marks. Um, you don't need a standby switch. We, we, yeah, we covered this, I think, on other shows. Yeah. Uh, you don't really need a standby switch. It, it serves no purpose whatsoever, other than to mute your tone. Um, be just as well to have a mute switch on the amp. Um. So, yeah, so they're probably doing it to save cost. I mean, those little – you got a zoo there, Mark, by the way. You got a zoo around you. <laughs> <laughs> Talking to me? Yeah. <laughs> what are you seeing? Oh, I just saw a little, a little one run by, and then there's another one on the floor. And <laughs> I can't see. What is it? Dogs. That's four pounds of ankle-biting terror. <laughs> oh, the little one. This is Mia. <laughs> Hobo dog. Ah, <laughs> he's got a story. I tell you. Oh man, look at him! He totally looks like Hobo Dog. <laughs> he's cool looking. What's his story? Kim, my girl was uh, riding her horse out in California. Dusk. And she hears this noise, and she looks over and sees in this big tumbleweed this little ball of blood and, and fur. And she takes her coat and reaches in there and pulls it out. Didn't even recognize what it was. Took it to the vet, and it was that dog that a, a hawk or an eagle had gotten her. The mm-hmm. talons mm-hmm. picked her up, and they take him up high in the sky and drop it. And she fell into the, the tumbleweed, and that's what saved her. And, Kim had her fixed up and uh, brought her home. And the, the day she got home from the hospital, the German Shepherd Kim had bit her half of her ear off. Oh, oh God! You know, so she's a tough one. Like she's the boss of all of our dogs, man. <laughs> we got uh, five. That was a oh wow. Uh, yeah, like like I said, you got a zoo going on around there. I got I got a hundred and thirty pound Arctic wolf right here. This is Harry Winston, another little guy. (laughs) 
You know, his blues name is Big Dick Weenie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. This is Sam. We don't know what he is. <laughs> it's like the guy family. They keep coming. My dog. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. I found her walking down the streets of Nashville, trying to find oh. her home, but couldn't find it. So this is Dirty Darla. <laughs> you got a dog town going, bro. And Bella, she's too big to pick up. Come here, Bella. Come here, Bella. Come here, baby. Come here. This is great. <laughs> I got a whole a new segment dog. for Tone Talk. Um, We've had the dog segment. Dog, it's dog talk. Yeah, it's <laughs> dog talk now. Uh, we had so, scotch talk. We've had dog talk. She doesn't want to come over. I can't get Bella to come by the, the screen. So uh, that's all right. Yeah. That's what kind of dog is? What kind of dog? Uh, she's a 130 pound Arctic Wolf. Oh wow! Blazing blue eyes, all white and in black. Wow. Looks like a what dog. That thing eat? Uh, whatever she wants. Goes <laughs> <laughs> our backyard, man. She was the hunter out in California. She'd be like, all the dogs would be in a circle around her, and she'd be like, taking rattlesnakes and you know gophers and all kinds of stuff. The hunter. John John Kenny says, Mark, remember the house off of Bert with the gators and the cat with thirteen toes or something. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> a cat Damien. Oh, Danny Weiss wrote the Bradshaw compound is in Lilitz, Pennsylvania. It's called Rock Lilitz. Yeah. 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 Huh. Lilitz. Lilitz? L I T I T Z. Lilitz. Okay. Lilitz. That's, I couldn't just remember. I knew it was. L something, but I didn't want to butcher it too bad. <laughs> I wonder how far away that is from my from my client that I go to in Pennsylvania. Here, here's one. David Kerr goes, Friedman David Black signature amp question. Every guitar player oh, from on, Detroit no. owes you to uh, owes it to you to buy. David Black influenced a generation of guitar players, best player of Detroit. Nice. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. That's cool. Um, you got to like when you hear that stuff, right? I never even know what to say when I hear shit like that, dude. Uh, he just, just like, you know, flushes yeah, and you know. goes, oh, geez. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. If the, why do all stores have the gold face BE50 Deluxe and not the white face? Because they didn't order the white one. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's, it's not, um, that's a good question. Uh, I don't know if it, it, you know, the white was sort of a custom order thing. So the store would have had to order it in custom white to do that. You can, you can get one though. I don't know how long it'll take at this point, but you can get one. Yeah. Take a while, but <laughs> it's worth it. It's worth yeah. it. If you want it, if you want a different color, you can see that I got mine. So yeah, that's got that. Sexy That's classy white. looking, man. Yeah, I called that earlier. That's classy looking. Yeah. Oh, I love it. It's like it's a really nice white. It's not white white. You know, it's like a 
It's like just like a little little creamy. Right. A little yeah. little bit. Just a little though. Just like off white. Right. And uh exactly. and that that's what makes it give it kind of a classy look with the gold. Looks cool. Yeah, looks killer. That's what makes Dave Friedman's amp sounds good when you listen to him describe white. Listen to that. If, if all that thought goes into the white, just the rest of it, right? Like, you know, there it is, right there. You know? <laughs> There's no doubt about it. Hey, what's with the uh, the fifty one fifty behind you? Is that a fifty one fifty cab or a head shell? There. Look at you. You me? Like, like you're like. Oh. I don't even know how you can see that in the little screen. I saw the stripes. <laughs> Oh, the head shell. Yeah, no. I, I have one on my bench that I'm okay. doing something to. Gotcha. I just saw I saw the head shell with the stripes, so you know me. I had I had a request to do make the loop foot switchable with a latching switch instead of their foot switch because it screws up on uh if you put it on a MIDI switcher, doesn't never doesn't work right. So I have to do that. And then, then they go, could you put a standby in the front of it? And then, <laughs> and then, and then the other question was, how about an overall master volume? Can you figure out a place to put that too? I'm like, I don't know where I'm going to put it. There's knobs across the whole damn thing. <laughs> yeah. It's got a ton of knobs. Yeah. Uh, so that's funny. That cool. Uh, John Kenny says, everyone in Detroit tried to copy Dave's tone. David's tone. Um, it was what it was, you know. It yeah, but they never is. none of none of them got it because it was it didn't have David's hands. Ah, uh, come on, that's, no, man, it's getting too. No, no, that's now, part of the know. tone. No, that's that's part of the sound. Any guitar player, any it's part of the sound. Believe Honestly, me. I used to like other guys. I'd like to let other guys play out of my shit once in a while to see the look on their face, man, because it was great. Because it's a lot, you know. It, it th- the compressor throws a different curve in it, man, and it gets <laughs> it gets really lively when it gets loud. You know, it's a lot to hang on to. You know. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Mm. That's half the fun. You know. Hey, yeah. Vinny's got a Vinny's got a question here. Um, Vinny Moretti, Dave, is it hard to put a concentric pot in the fifty watt EVH? They're I've actually. Never, I've never done it, but I I hear people do it. Yeah, they're actually you can get it done by uh, Fender. They're gonna do. Uh, they're gonna actually offer. I heard from Howard Kaplan. They're gonna offer a retrofit on the older, like the like the fifty watt head that I have back there. You can get that retrofitted with the concentric knobs if you want. Uh, and Vinny says he has your scotch. <laughs> I believe you. I just don't have it yet. Uh, Ice Coffee Tones, has Dave done any work on Sierra Tone amps? I know I'm not saying that right. We've, I think we've asked that before. Yes, before. I have. Okay. Sure. And I can. Edge. Why did I move away from – yeah, well, you got yeah, it. You got it. Why did I move away from plexiglass logos and faceplates? Well, the ones the ones we're currently, currently using are actually kind oh, of right sort of – got the plexi-ish look um why because one the plexi wasn't holding up it was cracking um 
just it wasn't durable. It, it just wasn't holding up, and 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 it's so you do anything to it, you can crack it. And so no, we went to a different material. Looks very similar, but went to a different material. So what else we got here? Someone asked, uh, Andy asked, uh, can I get a B100? Oh, he has a B100. Can he order different face plates and back panels and knobs and empty head shell and a color and choice of Tolex? Sure. It all comes with a price, but sure, no problem. Uh, email me, freedmanapps at gmail.com. Uh, and... Uh, oh, someone asked the Merkava 2099S. Dirty Shirley Mini, how much difference in headroom between the 40 and the little one? Uh, quite a bit. 40 mm -hmm. has considerable more headroom. Um, only so much you can do with a 20-watt power section. Hmm. Um. Franklin Alexander, one more question. Why didn't Gibson go with the trans-performance-equipped guitar that Jimmy Page used back in the 90s instead of the awful robo-tuners? No idea. The, yeah. The I think Jimmy the Page guitar was crazy. I remember that thing. Yeah, the trans-performance one? Yeah. I knew, I knew yeah, someone. that was crazy. I had a client that got one. Wow. And, and you could just push buttons and it would change all the tuning up. It was really yeah, was cool, crazy. actually. <laughs> uh, uh Work uh, remarkably better than the Robo tuners, hmm. and that was where the, the the buttons were on the the actual body of the guitar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a whole big thing that had to be retrofitted. In it. Yeah, I remember that. Um, uh, David Keir, we we talked about the Gibson Chapter Eleven situation earlier. Why does Vinnie Moretti keep retracting messages? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's up with that, Vinny? What's up? He's drinking. He's drinking that scotch. That's why. Maybe. <laughs> uh, I knew Gibson was done when I saw them at CES. Well, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, that was because I can't fucking type. He wrote. That's <laughs> 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 uh, funny. Um, Oh, yeah, the ox, Chris mentioned. I was going to order a 4x12 for my Dirty Shirley, but then the ox, ox came out, and I have to get that first. Have you gotten yours, Dave? No, I might need to get one, though, for the NAMM show in Nashville because those bastards love to tell us to turn, turn down, and we're already like, what the hell? It's already off. <laughs> yeah, totally. Let people just put headphones on. Yeah, here's a set of headphones. You can crank it up all you want. Yeah. <laughs> Just got here. Can you reintroduce guests real quick? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, it's in the title, bro. Sorry. You're going to have to just watch it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm not going to do that. Sorry. If, thanks for joining us, though. We appreciate you uh, joining the show. But no, if you don't know who these guys are, then you don't belong here. Wow. Oh, oh wow! <laughs> Mark didn't mean that. He overstepped. <laughs> he, he overstepped his bounds there. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. All right. <laughs> All right, Dave. Dave, reeling me back in. 
Um, All right. Uh, no, seriously, um, this is uh, Seduce, uh, two thirds of Seduce. So, and they're performing May nineteenth at Harpo's in Detroit. The show starts at seven p.m. Um, Seduce will go on later, though. If anyone can come out, man, please come out because it's going to be a, a really not to be missed. So, uh, awesome. It's only going to happen once. <laughs> are you guys going to play other shows though as you know as seduce sure yeah yeah it depends okay. on, you know i don't know dude yeah so if, if something good pops up we're always up for it you know i don't know sure okay we can came out and did the uh, lucky strike huh? what's that mark you do nashville in june huh yeah oh i'll play dude i'll play it don't matter sure Set it up at the sure. Rock and Roll Residency. Say what? You should do it at Rock and Roll Residency. I think they're doing a, a non-stop party or something. I know, but it'd be cool to, I mean, yeah. they always have the people, you know? Right. I, at least for the rock people, you know? That's what right. people go to see. So that would be cool if you could do a little baby babysat or something. You want me to talk to Jeremy and Phil? Yeah, I don't know who puts that on, so I don't I have no yeah, idea. I, I know the guys now that I'm in with it, you know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, it's your guys' thing, so why not if you want to? Yeah. I know some people. going to be there. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I can see, you know. Are you having a party this year, Dave, or no? Uh, uh, you know what? We, we haven't planned anything yet, but uh, uh, I was asked that question earlier today, um, and I said the same thing. <laughs> I, I just don't know if it'd be a conflict of interest because I think they're sponsored by Orange. The whole no, back all, all Orange. Well, you know, hmm. yeah, talk to them. Yeah. Well, you guys, your, uh, you guys won't be using any Orange. <laughs> <laughs> you would, Dave wouldn't be using any Orange there. <laughs> I, I never tried an Orange, yeah. I never tried yeah, one. You wouldn't be Playing an orange, <laughs> <laughs> not 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 your not your sound. Yeah, now when I was a kid, they always used to break. You know, you, you might know, maybe able to get away with it with a BEOD in front of it. <laughs> sure, that works with anything. I've never yeah. played never played an orange myself either. Yeah, although I, I, I will. Say, I've owned them before. I've owned old ones. It's my pictures my, on the knobs, the little fist on the knob and shit. I loved how they I liked how they looked. Yeah, their their branding is great. You know? I need to take an orange and just like an old orange and just gut it. <laughs> Put something else in it. Right. Oh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Not like an old one. That would be cool. Just that's it would be a modded orange. I've never done a modded orange. That'd be fun. Yeah, Kim just pulled up a a website or something like that to get a uh, summer nam orange spectacular. Oh, gotcha. Well, that probably won't work. Well, I can get Evan DeGraw's place it's right on Broadway. Well, I don't know. Yeah. Figure it out. We'll talk. Yep. Okay. Well, cool. We got uh, Keith Bears in the 
the house here. Uh, hey, Keith. What's up, Guitar Guru Network? Looking forward to seeing everyone at Summer Nam. Cool. I won't be there, bro. So uh, sorry. This will be another year we won't meet each other in person. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he missed Winter Nam. And, I'll be and, there. <clears throat> so you guys will see each other. Uh, well, hey, guys, I want to thank you for uh, for coming on. Thanks for having us, man. It was awesome. David and Mark, thanks. I, uh, I'm going to do everything in my power to get out there to see your show. Um, and again, for everybody who's watching the show with Seduce uh, and Cairo Knifeite and many others, it's going to be at Harpo's on May 19th, starting at 7 p.m. You can buy your tickets already. Um, and uh, check out the band Seduce. Check out their uh, re-released album that's coming out. And Dave, David Black, you said that you guys are going to have stuff on iTunes and other places. Yeah, where yeah people- it's all going up at the same time. We just kind of put the deal together recently, so they're just tying it all up now and we're getting ready to go. Awesome. Cool. And speaking of iTunes, if you guys want to see our uh, listen to our podcasts, we're on iTunes and the podcasts. Um, we still have Tone Talk t-shirts. So get your tone talk t-shirts, get the t-shirts. Um, and we might have a special guest next week. I have to talk to Dave about that. We'll figure out. Might. We'll have to see who our next guest is going to be. Um, so again, guys, thanks for coming on. Dave and Mark. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. No problem. Everybody have a great night. Uh, you guys stay on for a minute. Yep, you guys stay here. Uh, everybody have a great rest of the week, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. See you guys. <laughs>